So it was actually like going like incredibly smooth uh, in terms of like robberies and stuff until I got into uh, Colombia. Yeah. Specifically on the eastern side, um, uh, there was this one time where I was like in this really desolate stretch. And I'm, I'm bicycling, and then all of a sudden, these two guys, like, get right in front of me, and one of them is, like, yelling really aggressively, and then kind of, like, showing his belt, and he had some kind of metal object. And all your blues away, forget all your troubles for play, hop on your bike and it's All right, this is take fucking four. I can't get a good intro going. I try. I keep trying. It's fucking 4.30 in the morning. I'm meeting Rolf tomorrow at 12. This is why I don't put out as many podcasts as I used to. If you want more podcasts, Ari Shafir is now on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Skeptic Tank. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put up. I'm going to try my best. I'll try. Not my best, but I'll try. I really will. To put up on Patreon, total, between the free one and the Patreon one, four episodes a month. You know? This one I put up two, two to three. So if I put up two here, I'll put two more on Patreon. That's the goal. Uh, Also going to put on pictures of like faraway places I've seen that I don't want to kind of ruin by putting up on Twitter or Instagram. Um... I like to keep some of these things a little quiet. Uh, my name is Ari Shafir. This is Ari Shafir Skeptic Tank Podcast. So sign up, patreon.com slash skeptic tank. I'm also going to put up early episodes. So a lot of people don't like Patreon. I understand why. It's because they have, of late, been doing what a lot of tech companies will be doing, which is deciding which views they don't care for and trying to get rid of those views, trying to like deplatform them it's called when they don't allow them to be on there uh take them off twitter you know delete their accounts and they deleted a bunch of people off patreon and and it i met with them for like 30 minutes i talked to them on the phone they gave me all the same answers that the twitter people two months afterwards gave rogan on his podcast these pat kind of don't fully hold together answers you know they sound sort of okay but there's there's this cognitive dissonance where you're like that doesn't fully makes sense you sort of okay it but doesn't fully make sense so i fully believe patreon will delete my account too so sign up until they do and to test it i figured the very first episode i'm going to do is with someone the pre-episode i'm just going to give you guys before i put it up on on the regular feed this feed in september is one of the best interviews i've ever done it's all about trolling it's all fucking with people and I did it with someone who I believe is one of the best in the world right now at trolling. And that is Milo Yiannopoulos. It's a great conversation. 
about trolling, about something that I really love. So I thought, um, since Patreon completely deplatformed him, why not just go ahead and put that one out as my very first episode? Nothing in there is going to be objectionable to the point where they can take it down. If they choose to take it down, then I don't want to work with them anyway. So um, sign up for Patreon, patreon.com slash skeptic tank. Um, Fucking having a tough time finding a goddamn venue for my special. I'm trying to record it in December. I was trying to do it in this synagogue space in D.C., but they said no. They said it was not because of the content, but it was because of the content. Because at first they were super excited, and they were like, as long as there's no like jokes about this certain thing. And I was like, yeah, I have some jokes about that. And they're like, ooh. And then they go, well, not because of the content, but we can't, you can't film it here. Come on. It's a fucking sh- Whatever. Um, that tour, it, uh, the Wandering Jew tour, uh, where I do Ari Shafir Jew, will be playing on September, well, I'm in Vegas, September 2nd and 3rd. I'm just doing 15-minute spots at the Vegas Comedy Cellar. It's not on my website, but it is in the Comedy Cellar website. Get tickets. I'm supporting Gary Veter, who will be there all week recording his first, I can't believe it's his first album, Veter Las Vegas. Definitely come the 2nd and the 3rd if you want to see me, but come the 4th, 5th, 6th, or 7th if you want to support Gary. Um... September 7th, I'm going from one gambling town to another. I'll be at the Borgata in Atlantic City. Get tickets now. Plan your vacations if you're around there. Uh, still summertime. The kids are all gone, so it should be a good time. Um, and then September 10th, I got another doctor with my hemorrhoid doctor. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't have to be a date you're going to see. Uh, September 19th, 20th, 20th, Madison, Wisconsin. September 19th, 20th, and 21st with Adrian Appalucci will be opening for me. September 22nd, the Garrick Theater in Winnipeg was just added. Brea on the 26th, 27th, 28th, Brea, California. Um, and then October 3rd, Dallas. October 4th, 5th, Houston. And then Nashville, San Jose, Detroit, Chicago, Cincinnati all come in the next couple months after that. Get tickets at AriShafir.com, where you can also find, as always, song choices for these episodes and any extra details. Um, so, guys, this episode's fucking crazy, first of all. Uh, this dude, Xavier Hima, you can find him on YouTube. That's all he's on, at Hum of the Earth, H-U-M. He took a bicycle from fucking... Oh, have I talked about Jeffrey Epstein yet? Let me just set this up first. He took a bicycle from Ottawa, Canada... To Argentina. He came to my apartment to tell me about it. We sat on the roof. It was the first skeptic tank I did at this new apartment. We sat on the roof and we talked about this fucking epic trip. I mean, this is the bike version. You know, of of fucking sailing across the Atlantic by yourself. Of what Crockett did. Tim Crockett did. This is that on bike. You guys, while I'm talking, open up Google Maps and just do a search for Ottawa to Argentina, Buenos Aires, northern Argentina if you want. See what it does. Go on your computer if you're on your computer. See what it does. It doesn't show you a line. It says no directions no matter how you go except flying, which is 15 hours direct flight. Um, it just shows you a picture of the fucking globe. That's how big a journey this is. It's crazy. I mean, I bike a little bit. I bike a little. I bike city bike. I bike around there. 
Dude, the first so the first time I did city bike in New York is those rental bikes for Sober October last year. Do we call it, still call it Sober October or do we call it Sober October? Um, and I decided to do some like working out that way, get the heart rate going. I went for so far that my knees were so wobbly after, and this was after two hours of biking. Granted, it's a heavy bike, but this dude had all his shit on him. You know, you're not just like biking with your fucking t-shirt on. You have to carry stuff that you're going to use for a long time. How long? Just guess right now how long it took him to, to go from Ottawa to Argentina. Guess in your head. He'll tell us in the episode, but guess in your head. Um, yeah, I was dead after two hours. I couldn't move my legs. I, couldn't, I, was, I had to walk the last from fucking 8th Avenue and 14th all the way. To, yeah, I had to walk for the last like 35 minutes. I couldn't even get on my bike. This dude biked for fucking ever. It's crazy. I have a couple things to announce. One, those Shroomfest shirts that are available at Gas Digital right now. Uh, is that what it is? Oh, it's Merch Pump. MerchPump.com. If you want those Shroomfest shirts, they were supposed to be for people who... Why is it not even... On the front, you fucking ass fuck. Where is it? Fucking Lewis. How come you can't even find it, you fucking dick fuck? Goddamn asshole fuck. This is what you get for going to business with him. Oh, Chip Chipperson's there. Worst podcast interviewer of all time. Oh, I get it. Because it's just that. This is where you find it, you dumb fucking Puerto Rican. Merch, po- podcastmerch.com slash product dash category slash uncategorized. You fucking dumb fuck. Stupid goddamn Lewis. Ugh. Anyway, if you want it, they're, they're, I'm taking them off sale. The f- last day of summer. It's a summer shirt. So if you want it, you get it now. Stupid fucking Lewis. One, two, when's the last day of summer? Doesn't say. That last day of summer, that's the last day you can buy it. I'm taking it off sale. It is for only for people who did shrooms on Shroomfest. If you didn't, Fuck off. Celebrated late. Yeah, yeah, you can use you can buy it if you celebrated late. But you have to have celebrated. Anyway, I'm taking them off otherwise. They're now in back order. Please allow two weeks for delivery. Alright, that's fine. It doesn't matter. But you gotta make it a decent category, you fucking idiot. Look, you go A A to I and look is Ari Shriver's Shroomfest. Click on that. No results found. You fucking dumb fuck. Can everyone tweet at Lewis and call him a dumb fuck because you try to find these Shroomfest shirts and you can't fucking find them? Anyway. <sighs> Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, shit, I got a sponsor. So everyone's asking about Jeffrey Epstein, huh? Everybody's like, well, 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 Jew. Well, well, well. This guy, he's a Jew. And he did all these terrible things. What do you have to say about that? Well, I'll tell you what I have to say about that. Any Jew who goes into any type of endeavor, I think this proves it, will rise to the top of that industry. We are successful, and this, more than anything, helps prove it. This is one of the best sex traffickers of all time. Didn't let age stop him. Didn't let former politicians being there stop him. 
No one ever reported him. He got away with it for years, and he fucking killed it in his industry. And that's what Jews do. We fucking win. We dominate. That's what Tom Segura can ever understand. We dominate. Um, nobody thinks he killed himself, right? Or if he did, it was shady. I think, I think he did kill himself, but I think he paid the guy to take him off suicide watch. And people are like, no, he's just taking off suicide watch. Oh, really? The guy whose job it was to decide whether or not someone should be taken off suicide watch decided that this guy who did commit suicide should be taken off suicide watch. Well, at very minimum, you fucked up. By the way, I talked to my friend who's, whose girlfriend uh, works in prisons. She said anyone who has any level of minor celebrity never doesn't get watched. They, they're never alone. And this dude who had dirt on fucking everybody, I think they either he – they said do it or they said, hey, dude, we got you two days. We got you off suicide watch starting tomorrow. Get it done or your mom is in serious trouble. Your, your siblings are in serious trouble. Your whole family, they're not going to survive this. They're all getting sold into sex slavery. It's up to you. You know how you're a trillionaire? You can do whatever you want. We're also trillionaires and we can do whatever we want. Do the right thing. If any of us got caught, we would do the same thing. You got to kill yourself. That's what I think. That's what I think. Today's podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Internet privacy is basically dead. That's what they're saying. Oh, you know what? I, I fucking agree with that. Whoever wrote this uh, ExpressVPN copy yeah internet privacy is basically dead you've all done it it's not a question you know when they're like you mentioned on punch drunk we we're doing an anal bleach episode we had a bleach our assholes Ugh, so fucking gross what we do on that podcast last week's was great with duncan and, and sports band um great actually a great you should listen to that episode i called in for a lot of it and it was fucking fun um so we're talking about anal bleaching. All of a sudden, and you guys all have these stories. This isn't new. All of a sudden, ads for uh, laundry detergent bleach would come up. No one's Google searching anal bleach at all. We're just talking. Of course they're listening. They're definitely looking at what you type and where, what sites you go to. There's, there's no more coincidences, you guys. Everyone was like, this one time, it's almost like a, they're doing... It's not like almost. They're for sure... Looking at everything you do, and they're obviously gearing ads towards you, but also trying to force you to be a consumer. What I don't get into. I will get into that next week when I do a solo podcast about my July off all, um, all my shit. So internet privacy is basically dead. Yeah, ExpressVPN. Absolutely, they are. Did you know that UK government passed a law requiring you to hand over your ID before you can access porn sites? No fucking way. No way. Passing a law requiring you to hand over your ID. Is that just for your age or something? That's crazy. And what happens when your favorite porn site gets hacked like Ashley Madison? Hmm, good question, ExpressVPN. That's why I always use protection with ExpressVPN. And condoms. I mean, don't forget condoms. Features. Shields your identity. No location tracking. Tracking, which means you can access anything from anywhere. Totally anonymous. Yeah. If you're in countries where you can't access that shit or if you don't want anybody to know, dude, for sure cover up that shit. So how VPN works, uh, ExpressVPN is the same. It, it, you're not going from your own 
American server, it shoots you. It's kind of like a hack from sneakers. It shoots you to another country, Switzerland, Cambodia, anywhere really, Canada, and then you go from one of their servers. So when I get downloads from like, oh, I have two in Zimbabwe. No, I don't. It's someone using VPN in China who's going through Zimbabwe. So how do you get it? You download the ExpressVPN app on your computer or phone, push one button, and voila, you are protected. Less than $7 a month, 30-day money-back guaranteed. Find out, oh, must read everything below verbatim. Well, thanks for telling me that before I did the rest verbatim. Find out you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Ari. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Ari for three months free. Free when you buy a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ari to learn more. Make sure you have said the URL three times. Oh, I did. I already did. Copy. I did. Um, in all seriousness, you should have a VPN. And... Why not use ExpressVPN if you got to do something? .com slash Ari. Um, all right. Is that all I had to say for this episode before we start? Nope. There's one more thing. I don't know if you know this, but I have been an avid reader of Adbusters since I first lugged a copy around all through Southeast Asia. Um, it's an amazing magazine. They do not take ads. Uh, they're anti-ad. It's, I call it a... I call it a anarchist art magazine and it's fucking lovely they helped start occupy wall street they called that day that it started they called for some disobedience some sit-ins um you can look it up not making it up they started occupy wall street they helped inspire it let's say that next week when i do by the way when i do my um patreon episodes of course no ads Maybe fake ads. I might do fake ads um, for the mailbox episodes. If you want to do mailbox stuff, contact at ariashafir.com. That's the email address. That's how you reach me. Contact at ariashafir.com. Um, on November 13th, excuse me, September 13th, Adbusters is calling for one billion acts of civil disobedience. Now, civil disobedience can be whatever you want it to be. It could be refusing to stop at a crosswalk. It could be telling a TSA agent to go fuck himself. It could be anything. I personally would say I don't approve of violence. You make your own laws. You make your own moral compass. That's what I've chosen. If you are going to be violent, I have nothing to do with it. I'm not telling you to do that. But I am saying... Mark your calendars, September 13th. Commit one act of civil disobedience. I want to tell you what that is. This is, let me look it up here. Civil disobedience. Now, the refusal to comply with certain laws or to pay taxes and fines as a peaceful form of political protest. Again, peaceful form of political protest. People also ask, what is an example of civil, civil disobedience? Disobedience. Stage sit-ins, marches, blockades, and hunger strikes have all been taxed used to raise awareness. Nonviolent demonstrations such as these, notice, uh, civil disobedient acts manifest as peaceful and nonviolent protests. Um, oh, Thoreau. I think Thoreau said, just don't pay taxes. But I'm going to. I hope you comply too. I hope you join in. 
September 13th. Mark your calendars. Commit one act of civil disobedience today. Smoke weed in the street. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. One billion X. I'll be one. We have 999,909,999 left to go. I'm going to be calling for it next week. I'll be calling for it the week after that. The week after that, I'll probably have an interview with... I think that's when I'll do it. September 9th will be it. I'll have an interview with Callie Lassen, the editor-in-chief of Adbusters. Uh, Anyway... Let's start the episode, shall we? I think that's everything I wanted to talk about. Shroomfest shirts. I'll put up a fucking... I'll put up a tweet for the Shroomfest shirts, too. If you want to go to my Twitter, I'll put up a tweet with a fucking address to go get them. Fucking Gomez. But anyway, I'm telling you, by... Oh, when's the last day of... Why didn't it say the last day of fucking... Summer. September 23rd. Okay. That will be... Ends on that would be the last time you can buy those Shroomfest shirts. They're fucking sick. But um, by the way, I'm not making any money off those. Zero dollars. All the money's going to the artists. I never had any intention of making any money off Shroomfest. I still don't. It's not my holiday. It's a holiday I discovered with the help of mushrooms. And I'm just trying to spread the word about this holiday I discovered. It ain't me making it. It just comes through me. Um, so no, I'm never going to try to ever see a dollar off Shroomfest. Let's start the episode, right? This guy, Xavier, Xavier Hima. He is now in Zimbabwe. He's, he had an amazing, amazing time on a bicycle. I mean, it's jealous. This is a travel podcast for sure. Uh, but it's more of an adventure podcast. I mean, I'm so jealous of the freedom this guy had. Next week, I will talk all about my fucking month off. Um, and just come with us, you guys. We sat on my roof. We talked about this fucking epic bicycle journey that I, I, and I can't even believe it. So join in you guys, um, for a great podcast about a fucking great ride. Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode 363 on a steel horse. I ride with Xavier Hima from the hum of, no, just hum of the earth. YouTube channel. Uh, go check him out. Uh, starts now. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Before I go, two things. One, everybody who's going to Edinburgh, Scotland, definitely go see Steve Renazzisi. He's doing a show, uh, Please Forget About That 9 11 Lie. About everything that went with it, all the fucking backlash, all why he was saying it in the first place, all of it. That's the one show I'd want to see for sure at Edinburgh. Also, Sean Patton and Dan Soder and Traeger and and Annie Blotnick, uh, they're all there too. I'm sure with lots of other funny comedians. I hear Shaw, Alice Keeley, my old roommates are both there. Uh, Carl Donnelly's always really good. Finn Taylor's always really good. Um, and I'm sure I'm leaving people out, but definitely see Renazisi's 4:30 at the Caves, just the tonic, the Caves, it's in the big room. Um, but here's the last thing I want to say, um, unrelated to this episode. People have been asking me, Ari. What are you guys going to do for Sober October this year? What are you going to do? What's the challenge? And we've been trying to figure it out, you guys. I, I made a video on my Instagram um, on, what is it, Monday or Sunday? Sunday, excuse me, um, or Saturday. 
And it was just me saying the last one, or maybe after this, the second to last one, I believe it should be a flossing challenge. We should all see how much we have to floss. And I made a video uh, stating my case. I'll make, a, I'll make another video sometime this week. And then maybe I'll suggest something else uh, next week. But uh, we're, trying to find, we're trying to find the real challenge. And um, I believe I'm the floss boss and I will win that challenge. And maybe that's why they don't, the guys don't want to don't do that. Um, anyway, let's start the episode. Xavier Hema on a steel horse I ride. Episode 363 starts now. Bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my But yeah, first time in New York. Yeah. That's cool. What do you think so far? Um, this is a nice view, huh? Yeah. I like it up here. Your first time up here? Daytime, yeah. I came up here once real quick and it's like dark, but yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm definitely going to be coming back. I'm probably not going to end up uh, staying more today because I'm going to drive back a bit. But... Drive back what? To, to Ottawa? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll see how I feel. I might do another... Yeah. Hey, what's that bridge in between Ottawa and Toronto that people jump off for fun, to, like you know, to go into the water? Oh, for fun. Um, There's that fucking bridge. It's so cool and old looking, and then everyone just like swims in the, in the river below. I don't know. When I go to Toronto, I, I don't think I take a bridge. Um, see the scenic route. It is scenic route. It's not. It's like in between the two. It's like maybe right on the border of Ontario. Fuck, I forget. I wish I knew what the name of the place was. I went there once, and we took me. They do like big floats down the river there in, uh, in the summertime hmm. everyone like joins up together fuck I went after the blues fest one year in Ottawa oh it's, oh, it's in it's in Ottawa no it's about an hour outside okay towards Toronto and it's like yeah it's, it's off the highway it's just this, like bridges of Madison County kind of style bridge and you just jump off into the river it's pretty fucking glorious if the water's high enough yeah, I think it's, it's not ringing a bell, but I should try that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds fun. Maybe it's near Montreal. I fucking probably forget where it is. So, first time in New York. Pretty excited. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the biking here is like... I get angry. The yeah. cars. I was really thinking about it, but it would be a week to get here, and then a week to come back. To only, bike here? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe less. I didn't actually look into it that seriously, but... Yeah. I was only back home so I was like I don't want to like half my time to be bicycling how long have you been traveling for um since I started my tra- so 
my trip from uh, Canada to Patagonia was a year and a half. And you started with that? Yeah, I'd never done any bicycle trip before that. No solo traveling, nothing. <laughs> had you biked before? Yeah, bicycle, yeah. You're like an avid bicyclist? Yeah, I would just like 45 minutes at a time just for like exercise and I'd just uh-huh. listen to music and podcasts. And just oh, but it. never like a, an never eight hour. So what I did was is definitely not recommended. Damn. <laughs> Doesn't really make sense, but I just I just knew in my heart that I would love this and I just yeah. I had a feeling and I just did it. Who put the idea in your head? Um well there was kind of different stages of the idea. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend who went to uh, Southeast Asia for like a while, kind of similar to, to what you did. Yeah. Uh, it sounded really cool, except the only thing that didn't sound amazing was that I wouldn't be able to really communicate with people just knowing myself and, and uh, you know my effort level for, for learning things sometimes uh, I didn't think I would learn like a bunch of Asian languages like um, really proficiently but with uh, oh yeah but with this trip Latin America like 90% of the countries uh, speak Spanish so it's all the same yeah. that is a problem in Asia it's like everyone is a completely different language there's some like slight overlap between I think Cambodian and like maybe Burmese or maybe Thai I forget now but like yeah almost all it's like a new language every time and they're not See, easy I hear yeah so Spanish that's pretty no they're not because all the symbols are different at least Spanish you have the symbols that are the same and I speak French so it's actually a pretty easy uh, crossover because just the grammar of it is very similar like oh, I actually really? cheat sometimes if I don't know the word I'll just say the word in French and if it's feminine I'll add an A or if it's masculine I'll just add an O and it actually works like a lot of the time oh wow oh they teach you French because they teach everybody French huh <laughs> Yeah, well, my uh, mom' uh, side of the family was French, so I just got both uh, as a package deal when I was born. Dude, that's such a weird thing about Canada, how you're fucking half of that, not half of that, what, like a quarter of the province is, like, super into French. Yeah, and I'm not even, like, living in Quebec. I'm in Ontario, which most people would not think there's any French speakers yeah. in Ontario, uh, but there are some. Yeah. So so you just, like, fuck it, I want to go bike for days and days and days? from out of nowhere out of out of barely any biking so yeah so like i said there was different stages so the first stage was just the idea of the trip in latin america and my initial thought was i would do it with my car i had a car at the time yeah um so i was planning around that and then maybe a few like two weeks or two and a half weeks before i was planning to leave like i'd already uh given my resignation on my job and everything um just the idea of bicycle touring just like presented itself and I never I'd maybe heard of it but never it was never really like a thing in my in my head and then I just saw it and it just kind of clicked like right away because I I loved bicycling where'd you see it uh, I must I think it was online I was just looking at travel videos uh-huh. and I think I think I just stumbled upon uh someone who was traveling on the bicycle wow and, and it was one of the things like I knew that with a car like you go so fast and you have to keep your eyes on the road that there's a lot just whizzing by that you're you're not gonna see hear or or smell true yeah one of the best parts about traveling that i've done is is getting on scooters because you really can like take any side road doesn't really matter you can get off and get right back on real fast and easy and a bicycle must be i guess pretty similar even more so because if you want to do camping, which I did quite a bit of on the trip, yeah. like you can go like in the forest, like deep, uh, where, where there's like a, a big density of trees, something you would never be able to do with uh, a car. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you can't really do that with a scooter either. You can't really get to. You can be like hard packed. I mean, you could, but it would. You would have to be pretty strong. You did it be once in Thailand. It. We, we were going up this mountain, and me and my friend Pete, and then we we're like, 
we just saw this kind of path and it was dirt and we're like fuck it let's take but it had to be wide enough for us to take you couldn't really go in and out of trees yeah so you just got so okay so how old are you now 26 26 so you just got at 25 mm-hmm. um you just like did you buy a new bike or how did you do it yeah just a brand new um bicycle like i'm pretty frugal so at first i was looking at like used bikes and like oh i could change this and change this but then i just kind of realized that i'd be like it would be breaking down all the time so i just looked online for like the kind of best value for a proper touring bicycle uh, which the only difference between like this bike and a road bike is that it's made of steel so it's meant to carry more weight um, it absorbs shocks from the the road better uh, without needing suspension which would be bad if you're touring because then you're just wasting energy with the, the suspension the up so, and down yeah oh yeah did you think about getting one of those foldable bikes I've seen people do those no it, it didn't occur to me I've, I've been seeing them more and more but um, no. yeah people do like the tra- the bike traveling stuff I've seen that Mm-hmm. where it's like they fold it up. But I think that's so they can take it on flights and then go bike for a while and then go take another flight or bus or something. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had some adventures. I mean, I, I didn't take that many flights, but mostly to, to come back to, to Canada. Yeah. And definitely some, some stressful uh, moments relating to bicycles and the airport and, and stuff like that. But I think I've gotten the hang of it now, but it was yeah. a learning curve. Do the, do the airlines or the airports, are they like, no, you can't take that on here? Well... Yeah, so the um, the second time I did it, which was from El Calafate in Argentina to Buenos Aires, um, their website was pretty vague. It was in English, but it it, it didn't mention anything that it need, needed to be in a box. <laughs> yeah. Box. It just listed a bunch of things. Like, okay, I did these things, and I was looking for a box in that town, but it was just a small town, so I couldn't find anything. And I show up at the airport, you know, really early, as early as I can. I'm the first one when they open the thing, and the lady just looks at me. She says, "No, no, no, you're not coming on." Really? And I was like okay well what do i do she's like no 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 but then i plead with her for a while she's like okay well if you can wrap it up and and uh, protect all of the the sharp parts then maybe i'll let you on so i'm like running through the airport looking for boxes uh-huh, tape. and tape and then like i was running out of tape and then this good samaritan out of nowhere just comes and hang, hands me tape really and you yeah, saw what you were doing yeah wow and i just barely made it on the flight <laughs> i love how they're like no and they're like please you're like all right <laughs> Like, this, these aren't real rules. I just don't feel like it. Um, so, where'd you leave from? You left from near Ottawa? Yeah. Um, well, because I live fairly close to the border, on my first day, uh, my parents drove me to the border. And it was almost a false start because I barely got into the U.S. on my first day. Oh, no. Because I was at the border, and I think the people there had never seen someone bicycle touring. Yeah. So everything I was saying about what I was doing, they were just like, "Uh huh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> they always assume it's like drugs or arm smuggling. Yeah, they definitely checked all my stuff. Um, the and I made a few errors because it was my first like border crossing uh, alone. Yeah. And you know they were asking me, you know, for a specific itinerary. Obviously, when you're you're bicycle touring, you don't really have you don't that. have one. That's the worst thing when you're like, "When are you leaving?" I'm like, I'm not sure yet. Like, what do you mean you don't know? I'm like, I don't know. I don't. They're like, you have to leave in thirty days. You're like, yeah, I know. And I'll leave at some point. Yeah. Yeah, they asked. A lot of times they won't let you in a flight if you don't have your outbound flight. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, can't you just take a bus to the next, like, country? Yeah. Like, It's pretty stupid. Yeah. Somebody told me what you're supposed to do is. I'll get back to what they asked you in a second. But what you're supposed to do is just Photoshop a outbound itinerary. Just see mm-hmm. what it's like. It's all words anyway, so you just like white that out and write in, you know, a new date. Mm. You know, make a flight and then cancel it, but but print it up first. 
Yeah, um, I, I ended up doing that once, uh, and it, but it was actually kind of a lot of work. And what I did after that um, was just buying a uh, re- refundable ticket on uh, Expedia.com, and it was pretty easy. And, and then you showed them that? Yeah. The refundable? Did, yeah, well, I know I bought the ticket the same day. Yeah. Uh, you show them the ticket, you get on your flight, and as soon as you have Wi-Fi, you just cancel it right away, yeah. and you don't yeah. pay anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody told me that. So what, that was the trick you learned? Yeah. For, for flights, but usually in Latin America for uh, land crossings, yeah. technically you're supposed to have it, and that was the first time that I like fudged one, like you, like you said. Um, but they never asked for it if you're bicycle touring. The weird thing is, clearly, I'm coming in not on a flight, so yeah. it's like I'm probably going to leave on this device. So, yeah. like, why do I need if it's the, what are the visas there? 30 days or, or uh, it, it varies. Um, they're usually very generous, it's, it's usually like three months. Oh. Some of them were only a month, like Bolivia and, and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah, and then it's like, I'll be gone when I'm gone. I don't know what to tell you. So you got you passed the American border. Where? Where'd you cross over? Um, so I don't even think there's really, like, a town right there, but it's, like, it's where there's, like, Indian reserves. On the Ontario side, it's called Cornwall. And I think the closest, um, biggest town is Malone yeah. on the New York State side. And um, so they eventually let me pass after I, I showed them my bank account and that I had money. But without that, I wasn't getting through. Really? Because I made another mistake. They asked me, how much money do you have on you? And she said, on you. And I said, $80 on my credit cards. And then right away, she walkie-talkied. Because <laughs> you have to have cash on you? Well, no. They, they, just because I think she interpreted that I only had $80 to my name and I'm going to put the rest on credit. <laughs> yeah. But so what? Oh, you mean credit like like... Like you don't have Yeah, it like yet. going into debt yeah. after my $80. <laughs> what they're most afraid of is you not leaving. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm coming from Canada. I'm not coming from, like, some third world country. But I guess they thought I wanted to live here and I was it's bringing so all my weird. stuff. They had these rules to apply to everybody, but they just don't apply to Canadians. Americans don't give a shit if Canadians come in. You guys aren't brown enough for us to fucking give a shit about. Yeah, except for that day. Just because yeah. I was so... And, and there was nobody else. I think they were just bored. Yeah. No, I mean, border control, they care. But I mean, Americans oh, don't yeah, care. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they're like... I think the border patrol has to be like, yeah, I, I guess we're supposed to have to do the same thing the Mexico border patrol yeah. people do. But it's not the same thing at all. Yeah. So, what did your parents say when you told me you wanted to do this? Um, at first, they were really supportive uh, because yeah. my parents met in university and... In university, they went on a bicycle tour in Europe, and they really and they really enjoyed it. So they were like, "Go for it! It's a great idea." But they were I could kind of tell they were like, "Okay, so you're going to go through the U.S." But I had said multiple times, "Like I'm going to Argentina." So they're like, "Okay, so you're going to go through the U.S. and then you'll like come back." I was like, "No." <laughs> and then I was getting closer to Mexico. They're like, "You're coming back, right?" I'm like, "No, I already told you what I'm doing." But yeah. I guess they didn't uh, believe me, <laughs> and they started getting more and more uh, kind of nervous as I was getting close to Mexico. Uh, but I'd done my research, and I mean, obviously, if you read the travel advisories, they're really like hyperbolic. Um, but it's because what do you mean? they'll. Sorry. What do, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, the travel advisories will say like, okay, in Mexico, um, you know, we recommend to not uh, not go there um, unless you're going to like specific like resort towns uh, and stuff like that, yeah. because you might get kidnapped, murdered, and they they list all this stuff. But I have a feeling that there's like one case of kidnapping, and they'll say that there's a chance of kidnapping. You know, out of the millions of people who go there, that's what it is always. I, I went to uh, Brazil once to Rio uh, with the UFC. They flew Rogan, Joe Rogan, out there, and so I got a free ticket. And, and there were all these like, "Don't do it! They'll kidnap you! They'll do this!" And I was like super scared for a few hours. And then I was like looking outside, 
the hotel that put us up was great. It was like the beach. You could see the beach. Then you see all these people playing at the beach, at the fucking Brazilian beach. And I'm like, what am I in this hotel for? Yeah. You guys, you've just... Th- I get it. The odds are a little higher, but fucking calm yeah. down. Were and you nervous when you were going in there? Yes. Because like, of that? And only because I kind of made a, a mistake. Even though I was co- confident in my research and I had read tons of accounts of people traveling to Mexico and there was very little negative... Um, the night before uh, crossing the border, I was in Laredo, and I figured, well, why not ask, like, a few people. Um, <laughs> a few racist Texans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, if they have any tips, because, you know, they, they live on the border, so maybe there's, you know, some updates that they can give me on, on how things are. Mm-hmm. And you, you, right away when you tell them that you're, you're going into Mexico, they just look at you, like, why? Like, why? <laughs> why would you go there? They're like, you're going to die. <laughs> like, maybe you'll be lucky and survive, but no, you're going to die. <laughs> Those people also like, no, they come here. We don't go there. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh so I asked a few more people and all the same response, including a fire chief, because I was staying at a lot of fire stations in the, the U.S. And I was like, oh, well, a fire chief, this is probably like a reasonable person. And he was like, even more like, have you seen what's going on there? Like, they don't just kill you. Like, they torture you and behead you. And he was saying, yeah. like, all this stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I was starting to get a little bit nervous. Um, and the next day, I crossed into um, Mexico in, in the border town, Nuevo Laredo, where the fire chief had told me, oh, this is a lawless town. Like, you'd not want to be there. And I'm bicycling through, and I'm still kind of scared. And then all of a sudden, my tire starts to rub against my wheel and I can't pedal anymore so I'm like literally stuck here I'm like sweating I'm looking around people are starting to approach me and I'm just like oh god oh god Uh and I had made it like almost all the way through the the town at this point and I asked someone like where's the bike shop and it was like all the way at the other end of town shit (laughs) but I I walked through with it with the bike and um everything was fine I mean it's moms bringing their, their girls to school uh just everyone's like just hanging out laughing telling jokes i don't see any problem i didn't see many uh any police i think but <laughs> so maybe it is lawless yeah, but, but a, people yeah. were, were chill maybe it's a what's it called controlled what are those things called once it's all the drugs what do they call those things in mexico fucking drug cartels oh yeah the cartels yeah oh, sorry um wait what how you stayed in fire stations they let you stay there quite a bit in the u.s yeah is that a normal thing um, for cycle tourists, it's fairly common. It's especially if you have like a, a decent story. Like for me, like I'm you know going a, a, a big distance. So when you tell them what they're doing, like a lot, of, at least there'll be like someone that's pretty interested. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, come in, come in. And you know, you're kind of trading, I guess, stories for you know accommodations. Um, at first, you you just ask to camp outside. They're like, okay, yeah, you can camp in the back, but then, but then they want to talk to you. So, like, no, 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 come in, come in. You can sleep inside. Really? And what is it? A big dorm? Um, it it varies. Uh, actually, the first time that it happened, I wasn't planning on doing it. I had just gone to flat, and I just walked to a fire station asking for help because I had actually never fixed a flat at that point. <laughs> Jeez, you did all right. I looked uh, you're at this. Yeah, uh, yeah. It looked like at a video on YouTube, uh, but it just wasn't working. It turned out uh, my inner tube was the wrong size. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, so that was, like, a brand-new station. I had my own room. They were cooking dinner. They invited me to dinner, uh, even, like, breakfast in the morning. We just we watched, like, TV. It was, Whoa, it was, where was this? This was in um, the, the very, like, southern of Florida, like, right along the border with Alabama. Okay. That was the first one you like stayed the, in? There's, no. like, the, the bay there, Mexico Bay, I think it's okay. called. 
Wait, which path did you take to go down there? How uh, did you through, go down? You went through the U.S. Ontario, yeah, but yeah, Florida through, and then to Texas. Yeah, I went through the Adirondacks. Yeah, and then the Blue Ridge Parkway, which was all amazing because it was the fall, so it was like Blue Ridge Mountains, like North yeah. Carolina stuff. Yeah, those are great. It's yeah, really it was beautiful, amazing. And then uh, I went to Atlanta, Birmingham, South through Alabama, and then I, I got. Um, I'm blanking on the name, but you know the bay there where, like, yeah. Texas, Mississippi, they all kind of touch it. Yeah. And I just kind of went through there. went to New Orleans, had a good Why time there. Why did you go there. straight, like, more straight down through Texas? Um, well, it was just kind of a mix of um, a kind of somewhat beeline because I had started a bit late. It was, I started in October, so I had to go fast. And not oh, fuck. Because the winter was coming. Um, and also just in terms of things I wanted to see. So it was kind of a mix of efficiency and th- things I was interested in. Yeah. What? Uh, how long would you go every day? So when I first started, um, I was doing like thirty kilometers per day, yeah. and I thought that was a lot. But then, and again, this kind of speaks to the lack of planning I did. And then I did like one night I was in my tent and I just put in like the coordinates for where I am now to Mexico. And then I realized that I need to be doing like way, way more kilometers <laughs> per day. Like I wasn't even close. Like it's nothing. Yeah, I needed to be doing like at least like eighty. And I was like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> but eventually, like just every day, you do a little bit more, a little bit more. And by the end of my trip, I mean I was doing. Uh, I think one day I did 165 kilometers and not flat, like you know, with oh, significant damn. elevation changes and mountains and stuff like that. How far do they go on the Tour de France every day? I mean, granted, they're going a lot faster. Yeah, probably. And I would say all their stuff in their back. Yeah, I don't know, but probably like two hundred kilometers at least. Jeez. So okay, there's a lot of questions. So you went in. Would you stop and like look at shit? Were you like, were you planning it like an itinerary? Like I want to see, you know, uh, fucking whatever Mount Rushmore or like things like that, or were you just going to get there? Like, how'd you do it? Um. Yeah. So I had kind of a vague itinerary of like kind of big spots that I wanted to go. Th- go to and it made somewhat of a line although in Mexico I did zigzag a lot just because Mexico there's so much to see um, and then on the way just talking to people I would just hear of, of different things uh, talking to other travelers at first just because my Spanish wasn't that great uh, initially in Mexico and yeah just kind of a mix of a bit of research and just talking to people and and like in Mexico sometimes you'll just be um, bicycling you'll just see a sign for ruins right here and you'd never heard of it like why not <laughs> And then one time I went, and they were amazing. Like, it was, like, in the jungle. It was in uh, the state of Chiapas, which is in southern Mexico. And it was like a movie. It was like Tomb Raider or something. I was going up these hills, and it was all jungly, and all these ruins, and there was just nobody there. And I never heard of them, you know? Where was it? Um, It was near a town called uh, Comitán. Damn. In in Chiapas. What was it called? What were the ruins called? I think they were also called Comitán. Damn, that's so fucking cool. Did you know? No one told you about him? You just, like... No. Wow. That's the fucking best way to find something. Yeah. Did you look it up later? Uh, no, I did not. But I did make a video of it that's <laughs> on my channel. <laughs> What's your channel called? Uh, hum of the Earth. Hum? Yeah. H-U-M? That's right. Why? Yeah, that's up to you, man. You gotta... What? It has different meanings. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, your whole point was to go from where you live to the southern tip of Argentina? Or just Argentina? Um, I didn't make it all the way to the very southern tip yeah. just because, um, I mean, I made it pretty far to where there's, like, uh, glaciers and, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, 
Um, but just, if I kept going, like, it was going to be really cold and rainy and windy. Yeah, even in the su- summer there, it's still fucking cold, still Arctic. Yeah, and it was not the summer anymore, but I tried to time it for the summer. I did, like, a lot of the good stuff I wanted to do in the summer, or kind of, actually kind of late summer, um, fall. Their summer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is opposite of ours. Um, but if I would have kept going, yeah, it would have just been really miserable weather. And also, everything is way more expensive down there just because it's harder to, to ship it there and stuff. How did you, um, how did you get money to do this? Um, so the, I'm assuming you're not working while you're, while you're biking. No, I wasn't uh, working. Um, I was, but I was working before the trip for maybe three years, and I was just living with my parents uh, because I wasn't like, in a significant relationship, so I didn't see a reason to. And I'd always been kind of frugal and saving up for... I didn't know exactly why. I thought probably a house or something. And, you know, I was even kind of dipping my toes and researching. And every time, like, I thought of seriously doing it, there was something inside that was like, no, don't do this. Like, it just felt like a, you know, like a shackle or something. And um, I didn't know for what. I just knew that this money was freedom. I thought maybe starting a business or something like that. But then when this idea of, of doing this trip, I'm like, I just realized, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't own a house. I don't have a new car. Like, this is the perfect time to do this. And if I don't do it now, like, I'd probably regret it, uh, you know, when I'm older. Probably never do it. Yeah. All those things, if you don't just jump on it, you're just yeah. like, there's always going to be shit comes up. To the point where I almost felt bad, like, telling people at work. Because when I would tell people, they're like, oh, I should have done that when I was young. <laughs> Everyone at work was just, like, got depressed when I told them yeah. that. <laughs> Even though that wasn't their exact thing, but they were, like, enough of their thing to be like, yeah, something like that I could have done. Yeah. Um. I wonder where Topkin Square Park is from here. I bet it's that with all the green. Sorry, it's the first time I've been up here. I'm just looking for Topkin Square Park. That's east. Yeah, I guess that's it. Okay, sorry. Yeah, that's for sure it. No worries. <laughs> yeah. um, so, how long were you in America for? You started in October. Three months. Three months. And you left, you left, you got down there in December? Uh, January? Yeah, it was end of December, January. Damn, that's way too cold. Yeah, it was really cold, and, and, and there was, like, record uh, cold blasts. Like, I was in Alabama, and they had snow, and, like, the guy... Oh, yeah, w- the Arctic, the, Arctic uh, the, the polar vortex. Was yeah, something year. like that, yeah. Yeah, in January, I was in, I was in North Carolina in January, and my fucking friend's flight got canceled, because, like, everything's canceled. Yeah, and, like, there was, yeah, all the streets were, like, all jammed, like, car accidents everywhere, everyone's freaking out, like, it was, it was something. And you're biking through it like it's walking <laughs> dead, and <laughs> just, like, moving through. Yeah. Um... How did you carry your stuff with you? Uh, so I have a, a front rack and a back rack on the bicycle. Yeah. Uh, See so if you have a, a touring bicycle. There's there's mounts for it. What's a t- what does that mean? Touring bicycle and um, bike touring. So uh, so it's a steel frame, no suspension, um, lots of gears for for doing like uh, mounts and, and stuff like that, and and the mounts for uh, the racks. And then on the racks you attach bags onto it, and. That way you're not, you know, holding a backpack, which would be, you know, really terrible. That's what I would have done it. Just hold the backpack on my back and still bike. And That's really bad. Like, Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> when you fall, you can't even like. Oh, yeah. But you also just, you would be so sweaty and your back would be so uh, sore. Oh, yeah. Having to constantly try to sit up yeah, straight. It's, it's way more comfortable to not have a backpack. Did you do it all that way with a backpack on your back? Oh, no. 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 That's good. Did you meet other bike tourists? Tour- what do you call them? What do you call them? Uh, yeah, bike tourists, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, re- in a few uh, places there was a lot in in Patagonia. Yeah. Uh, there was there was quite a bit there, uh, but 
some other places, uh, maybe Peru, there's a little bit more, but a lot of places like in Mexico, I barely saw any. Central America, I barely saw any. Um, just because I think the reputation of the countries, but they're actually great countries to, to bicycle tour. Damn. Um, oh, man. So it seems really exciting. Did you, did you had your phone with you? Did you call home and stuff and check in? Yeah, like a few times a month I would uh, schedule a, a video call with my family and friends and stuff like that and catch up. We found Wi-Fi or did you get SIM cards? Uh, yeah, Wi-Fi usually. Okay. And then where would you sleep in, like, Mexico? Like, where do you, like, yeah, how, do you, how are you planning, you start, tri- you know, biking in the morning. Mornings, I'm assuming you got up and got going. Yeah. Um, and then where did you, like, how did you plan where to sleep or what did you do? So in the U.S., because um, U.S. is a lot more expensive than the rest of Latin America yeah, and just in the world sure. in, in general, uh, I was doing, like, I think 98%, maybe only a handful of times in three months did I uh, ever, like, use a hotel or anything. Yeah. Um, so usually what I would do in the morning, I would go to, like, a McDonald's or something because in every town there's a McDonald's and you know they're going to have Wi-Fi. So it's just okay. easy <laughs> Yeah. Uh, to go there, get breakfast, um, and then kind of look at the map and pick a, a, a spot where uh, it would make sense, usually like a town where you'd be able to eat. And then in that town, I would look around on Google Maps, like with the, the satellite mode, and see if there's like any forest or anything like that around it so that I could go into town, scout, find a spot that looks fairly well hidden, um, go back to eat, and then What do you mean well hidden? Uh, just not visible because I was being lazy and I was, because I still wanted to eat in town, I was picking like forests that were like, you know, part of like some municipal park or something. So just to make sure that um, if I put my tent here that, you know, there's not going to be many or any people that would be able to see me just walking or driving around, you know? Oh, you mean like really bushy areas we can get a spot in the middle? Yeah. Why? What are you, what are you afraid of? Well, I mean, it's not that I'm afraid, it's just that when you do it for so much, uh, you just kind of, you know, it's, it's a small percentage, but then if you take that small percentage times, you know, 200, yeah, yeah. then but it becomes a bigger percentage that something could happen, you know? What, like you get robbed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or somebody pisses in your tent. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I mean, you just sleep better knowing that, you know, you're, you're kind of well hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess so. Yeah. I'm trying to think when I do the woods, would you get like a really light tent? Yeah, one-person tent. Okay. Damn, that's so fucking cool. Must have been so fucking cold, though. Yeah, there was definitely some cold nights where I was worried. Like, I had literally every piece of clothing. clothing. I had everything, and I was still cold. And I was like, this is bad. Why did you leave in October instead of, like, um, I actually wanted to August leave, or September? I wanted to leave sooner, um, but because of the... Um, uh, just changing to, to bicycle touring from... from uh, doing it with the car i had to sell my car i had to buy all the equipment and just kind of research bicycle touring a little bit more so i actually wanted to leave in mid-september but yeah did any part of you go like oh i fucked up i should wait till next year no way no (laughs) i mean i already quit my job and everything so right i mean like i mean i'm psyched to go at this point i'm not gonna damn so so uh did you have a a, amount of time planned for to be gone do you have like a dollar per day kind of thing where like i have this much time i can afford or or were you just like going um, yeah, I was just going, trying to be, um, well, in the U.S., I, I did set myself a budget just because you, you can go over it, uh, pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Um, I was trying to, like, stay, like, t- stick to around 25 U.S. dollars, uh, per day, more or less. Uh, and, and then I actually kind of kept that budget, uh, throughout the rest of Latin America, but the difference is that, 
I was, you know, staying in cheap hotels, uh, you know, buying a lot of beer if I wanted to. Uh, you know, you can kind of oh. live like a king for the for twenty five U.S. dollars in in a lot of these countries. In in Mexico or yeah. South America. Well, northern Mexico was still a little bit expensive. I was still camping there, but most of Mexico. Um, How much are beers? Um. Well, they have these kind of like uh, liter bottles. The beer is not like the cheapest thing. Uh, it's it's the equivalent of about like three beers for like $2 or something oh, like that. Oh, great. Yeah. What do you mean? The, 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 the 20 ounces? Yeah, it's like a, these big bottles that like are um, um, a liter or 1.2 uh, liters, and they're usually like the equivalent of like $2. Damn, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. What do you mean that's not so cheap? That's cheap as fuck. I mean... Just relative, like a meal uh, in some countries will be like a dollar fifty, two dollars. A meal that would cost you ten. So just yeah. so it's just some things are even cheaper than the beer. You know. Did you start doing the math of like every time you like bought a meal where you're like, what the fuck, this is nothing. Like you do the trend, you yeah, know, the pesos or whatever to to, to Canadian dollars. And you're like, this would have been, yeah, eighteen bucks where I'm from, and now it's a dollar seventy. Yeah, I love those. And because of that, I started actually splurging too much because I was like, this is all free. So I just yeah, <laughs> started yeah, like buying great. whatever. And then I actually started calculating, okay, I'm actually going over my budget because I you know, thought it was inconsequential. Yeah. <laughs> Do we had meals where it was like we would pay for it. It was like 500, I forget what, chot or something. I forget. But, um, and then you're like, that's not enough. That's only like 60 cents. So yeah. like, that's just not a meal. Yeah, <laughs> and so then you like get it, and you like, yeah, let me have another one of those, and they're like, really? You're like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, it's sixty cents or a dollar, you know? It's like there's no way. Mm-hmm. And then you finish it, and then the next one comes, and you're like, oh no, that was enough. It was just super cheap. Yeah, it yeah. just doesn't make yeah. sense uh, monetarily. Because even if people don't have a lot of money, they actually eat a lot in uh, in Latin America, but they usually fill up on rice. It's usually like a oh, thick yeah. layer of rice. And then they'll put like some meat on top, and then maybe some potatoes as well, and some corn, a little bit of vegetables, usually a soup. Yeah, um, but the rice well. is the base. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the main filler. Too. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes like potatoes and other carbs, but a lot of rice. Is rice good for you or terrible for you? I think out of the carbs, yeah. um, it's not as bad as like wheat. Yeah, wheat seems worse because it's processed, right? Yeah, it's more natural. But I mean, if you're eating white rice, it's still like almost sugar that you're eating oh really yeah really yeah why because it turns the sugar in your body kind of thing yeah like oh, bra- right. brown rice is uh, is better like there's fiber and, and stuff like that but white rice is is pretty much like sugar same uh, thing for potatoes and, yeah what potatoes is just sugar yeah pretty potatoes? much potatoes i thought that was a whole food uh, yeah. i mean i'll believe you but fuck. i mean i'm not a doctor you can look yeah. it up but from what i would I, always I go know. like potatoes instead of uh instead of like um bread and i'm like okay this is a lot better but no, it's the same. You're saying, "Fuck, I gotta ask my." I mean, I think I think it is better, but um, it's not like uh, different Negligible. worlds. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's all they had in Asia was white rice, white rice, white rice. Yeah, just constant. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but just and then you same thing. You put a little meat on top of that. Yeah, get some juice. Hopefully, meat yeah. juice. And then because it's a little bit of meat, you have to cut it like a lot to like spread it out. Spread it out with the rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cover each little small piece like fully yeah. in rice. So, so you don't like, finish the meat and then you're only eating rice. Does suck when you have that rice left over. And yeah. you're like, do you have any hot sauce or anything <laughs> on this to like flavor yeah. it up? I just put salt usually in that. Yeah. Oh, right. How was the cross into, into Mexico? Like when you left America, when you left the English-speaking world? Um, well, it was significant... Uh, but the first time I went was into a big city in Monterey, which is in northern Mexico. 
And obviously everyone looks different. They're all talking different. So that's enough to like kind of give you a, a bit of a, a shock. But the, the city kind of looked pretty similar. But then after that, when you're just in the desert, it's, it's completely different. Like everything is really slow. Everyone moves a lot slower. They talk slowly. Like if you go to a restaurant, like there's no one that's going to actually come to you. You actually have to like go into the kitchen and say hello and, Oh really? And be like, Oh, so uh, what do you yeah. have today? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Those culture shock things. Yeah. Where it's not like they're not doing it wrong. They just do it different, but you, yeah. have, you can't even comprehend it. And there's no menu and I didn't speak Spanish oh, really? that well. So for me, it was just like a struggle. Like I was just like, Tr- struggling to talk with them and then w- eventually i feel like they've said like the name of a dish and i'm like yeah see 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 yeah oh yeah oh, <laughs> so i never knew what i was getting at first yeah. but it's a, at some point it'll be caloric yeah so yeah. it doesn't really matter if it's gross or something but it's yeah. like i need this energy to keep biking right mm-hmm. and in mexico you can't go wrong it's always going to be um usually a ton of meat with you know either rice or uh tortillas yeah and it's going to be filling. It's going to taste good. I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Mexican food is dirt food. It's one of the dirt food. That's my words. <laughs> but um, there's a few dirt foods where it's like there's no reason to do a nice upscale version of that. Like yeah. French is not dirt food. Yeah. Um, but like how nice can you how nice can you make a burrito, you know, yeah. or or tacos? It's like it, there's, there's no difference between like a $500 meal place and a Mm-hmm. $3 meal place. It's still just yeah. that food is easy. Yeah, I'm sure you could go to a little taco stand, which I would do like after my, my big bottle of beer late at night, and I would just find one. There was always one somewhere because yeah. they eat like later, and it would taste great. Like I'm sure I would go to a fancy restaurant, and it could be exactly the same thing. You know? Exactly. I mean, some of it's atmosphere, I guess. But like, yeah, Mexican, um, um, Asian food, a lot that's kind of dirt food, especially, specifically like Chinese food, like they do it the same. You can't tell the difference. Yeah. Where you got it from. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming it's like, you know, not like horrible chicken, but like, you know, a decent piece of chicken without gristle. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I think maybe the spices would uh, change more. Like in Mexico, everything is very spicy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, 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 they don't warn you either. <laughs> they what? They don't warn you either. It's normal. Yeah. Like the, yeah. It's just, I mean, you have to specify, like you have to ask them in advance if it's spicy or else you might just get a super spicy taco. Was was anything like too much for you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, fucking Canadians don't like spice at all. I mean, I've, all you have is I've gotten Caesar's, used to it. That's it. And just at first it was, it was tough. Uh, but now I, I feel like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm equipped. Yeah. Did your, uh, Spanish start getting way, way better? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely improved. Uh, it took a lot longer than I thought it would, but by the time I got to Peru and Bolivia, I was able to like have dinner with someone and, and talk with them in Spanish. Like, Whoa, really? With like really no hiccups. But then, strangely enough, when I got into Argentina, then I couldn't understand people anymore because they have a completely different accent. Uh, they, some words are totally different. They, uh-huh. Just the way they pronounce things and, and everything in Chile as well. But Bolivia and Peru is very neutral, very like standard kind of spanish yeah it's weird how people don't understand that it just made me realize from the way you're saying it but like english you know it's like i understand english or i don't understand english but then you're like you go to glasgow and yeah. you're like dude that's you, you're not going to understand that and yeah. they're speaking the language you understand fluently yeah so it's like if you're like so so on that language and you throw in a whole new accent or a dialect or like fuck it forget it yeah there's no way so you start biking to this, this how was mexican food what was the best food? I think the thing I like the most, and I'm really blanking on what it was called, but 
but it was basically like this really huge, and this was in southern Mexico, this really huge flatbread. And then they would just put a ton of cheese on it, a ton of like steak, a ton mm. of avocado, a ton of onions, a ton mm. of uh, tomatoes, uh, maybe some peppers in there, and then some, some sauce. And they just fold it over, and it's this massive thing. And when you're bicycle touring, I mean, it was, it was heaven. Damn. Like hearty. Yeah, it's this massive thing. Like, I mean, people eat well down there. They don't have a lot of money, but they eat well. Like, there's a lot of people that are, like, you know, overweight. Yeah. Again, I think because of the rice and, and stuff like that. But Yeah, you want them to fit into the narrative of, like, ah, oh, they're all starving and, and, and thin, but it's like, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, oh, that's so cool. So you just tented everywhere, unless you found some place to take you in. Did you have any weird stories of people, like, saying, like, no, come stay with me? Um, definitely. I would definitely get, um, <clears throat> uh, some offers and I accepted a few of them. A, a few of them I, I just turned down just because not that I was necessarily really like scared of the person. Uh, but sometimes I was just kind of at, at the end of the day and I was just kind of tired and my Spanish wasn't that good. And I felt like, I mean, they would want to talk to me like a lot and I would just be like struggling and I would be tired. I was like, ah, oh, this, no, that, no, thanks. I'll just sleep outside. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny? You're like, I get their offer, but. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> it's just like I want to sleep. Yeah. But actually, most of the time through through Latin America, I was actually staying in hotels just because it was so cheap. How much? Uh, it was like, it was like 5 to $10 usually. Oh, shit. And when it's like... Because in the U.S. it was cold, so I didn't really feel the need to shower that much because I wasn't sweating. Yeah. Um, but, in, but as it got hot, like you want to shower, um, you want to recharge your stuff. And a lot of the times it was even Wi-Fi. And um, so I make videos and I upload them. So, you know, I need to, to get, get connected to upload videos and stuff like you that. You made videos your whole way? Yeah. Uh, what's your channel called? Hum, hum, hum of the Earth. Hum of the Earth. <laughs> to me, it means can't think of a real name. <laughs> um, uh, so you would do that. That's cool. And, yeah, how much do you stink after a while? Um, I, I definitely had some, some stinky times. But I was, like, you know, traveling alone, alone right? So yeah. I was, like. So who cares? I'm not giving hugs to people. You know, I'm not. Dude, I love when you get to the point where you can like smell your balls and travel or something. Even like even like a, a day and a half travel or something. Like, you know, where you just haven't showered, you've been all it's like stay, sit and like you know just starts to ferment. You know, yeah. And you just like you can smell it, but you know you don't have to be around it. You're not like going on a date or anything. I always take, sort of take pride in it. I'm like, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I worked hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to keep my legs crossed for a long time to get that kind of waft. Um, damn. Did you get ever get robbed or, or fucked with? Um, so it was actually like going like incredibly smooth uh, in terms of like robberies and stuff until I got into uh, Colombia. Yeah. Specifically on the eastern side, um, uh, there was this one time where I was like in this really desolate stretch, and I'm, I'm bicycling, and then all of a sudden these two guys like get right in front of me and one of them is like yelling really aggressively and then kind of like showing his belt and he had some kind of metal object and I guess he was trying to make me believe it was a gun but then I looked at it and it didn't look like a gun so I just swerved him and I kept going <laughs> were they in a car? no they were in a no they were just on the side of the highway oh well, on, on what? just standing? yeah oh yeah fuck that <laughs> they had that on Sunset once I was going home from the comedy store and the guy right around La Brea standing in the middle of Sunset Boulevard with a gun, pointing at a cars like, pull over, and cars were just like, me too, were just like, no, I'll take the chance. I'm just going to get out of here. <laughs> like, why would I get out of the car? Yeah. 
because if I stop in that situation, I'm almost certainly getting the uh, like the shit kicked out of me, and, and they're your taking bike's all gone. my stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, why enter in that? It's like I'll take the chance now. Shoot at me. Yeah, but I was pretty sure it wasn't a pistol, but I was still a little bit scared. I was still for ducking. Sure. <laughs> yeah, did you have to like keep going for a while after that? Oh, yeah, You're not yeah. going to camp like 20 meters down the road at that no, point. No, no, no. I mean, the adrenaline was was like pumping, so I was like going as fast as I could. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you live. Was yeah. that the only thing you had? Uh, I had another similar experience to that one, again in eastern uh, Colombia, where... um Colombia. <laughs> well, I'll... I'll I'll, I'll explain later why uh, not fuck I'm Colombian and, and why it's kind of a specific uh, situation, uh, why these things happened. Uh, so the second case, um, I'm going up uh, this hill. Uh, I'd gone to flat, so it's it's dark now. And again, these t- same situation, two guys in the middle of the road. I say, hey, uh, uh, gringo, what, what time is it? And then I already heard of this trick for robberies where people will ask you what time it is, and then you pull out your phone and then they probably just take your phone or punch oh. you and take your phone what or something and then run away. Yeah. Um, so I knew Gringo, that. what time is it? Yeah. <laughs> so you just wouldn't do it? No, I just kept on bicycling. That's funny. And and then I thought about it later. And, um, well, actually, I kind of noticed that all these Venezuelans uh, going from one city to another looking for work. And, you, and at the time I was there, you'd see them all along the highways because I'm sure you probably have heard of uh, the kind of economic situation in Venezuela. Uh, there's They're doing a, great, right? <laughs> I mean, they they're were. Try, they're they, turning down aid because they don't need it. Saying <laughs> like send it to Gaza. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, different ways to to look at it. But I mean, when I was there, you just you see that it's mass ex- exodus, and you know, they I guess they've been dealt a, a shitty hand. So I don't even feel um, uh, any like hatred t- towards them for those events or anything it's i just kind of understand the, the situation that you know uh, if you were hungry and you know you saw someone that had something valuable you know you may- maybe i would try for it too you know oh for sure that's what these things always happen i think it's because of desperation yeah i mean violence and stuff like that like bill gates isn't robbing anybody you know yeah <laughs> it's just like the, well he, just he probably did like some stock fraud when he was younger some yeah, white collar thing true maybe yeah let's assume he did um, but yeah, when you're desperate, that's how Egypt was. You were like, oh, this is about to get, this country's about to get real violent on tourists. Yeah. But it wasn't quite yet, but you could feel the desperation there. Where it's like, I need to eat. What do you want me to tell you? Yeah. I mean, it's understandable. I didn't realize they were that bad off too until I was like halfway in and I said something horrible to some guy. He was on a, on a horse and he was trying to give horse, you know, rides to tourists and the tourism market just dropped out so all these people who made their living in tourism suddenly had no job so mm. they were constantly like come on come on get a, get a horse ride come on get a boat ride I'll give you a tour do you need a cab and you're like come on leave me alone I just want to walk like here you can just walk it was going to bother you near Central Park maybe where the more tours and they might be like you want a horse ride but they're not going to bug you if you say no there they kept bugging you and this guy was like um, he's like something along the lines of like sir what what can I eat if I if I can't I can't feed my horse like what I need to eat or something like that and I was like I think I just said it but I didn't realize how bad off they were I was like eat your horse <laughs> and he was just looking at me like what I was like yeah and then I kept walking and then it hit me like two days later I was like oh that guy really might have to eat his horse yeah <laughs> I didn't realize how bad off they are you walk by the big barbecue the horse is just spinning <laughs> just the giant legs just spinning around <laughs> horses are such not a thing to go on a spit <laughs> it's so it's so made for a pig yeah there's no um, spit that big yeah um so how long was this whole trip in all year From, and a half year and a half yeah. oh I'm picturing like yeah, I keep picturing months, a year and a half. 
Yeah. Oh, so you went season, another season. Yeah. And you biked back up to Canada? No. <laughs> you flew. You were done. Yeah. What's the longest you spent in any town? Did you let yourself do that? Just like, I'm going to hang here for a bit? Yeah, there's maybe like um, five or six times where um, I was in town for at least a week. Uh, usually it was by necessity. Like, it just kind of picked itself. Like, um, I I got my... Uh, Oh yeah, I forgot to mention this. I got my uh, wallet robbed in, in Mexico, oh. uh, so I was waiting in Mexico City just to get my my cards back and, and stuff like that. But the bank wouldn't send it directly; they had to send it to my home, and then my mom had to send oh, it fuck. to me. <laughs> so you got stuck for a while with no money. Um, no, because I um, and this is a good uh, tip for travelers: <clears throat> you should always have like your cards in different places, so I don't have everything in my wallet. So if your wallet gets pickpocketed, you still have other cards and, oh, right. and stuff like that. Yeah. I lost my I had my wallet stolen in. Pi, city of Pi, and um, I went to the bathroom. I was in a hostel. I went to the bathroom to shower, and I came back, and it, just, it wasn't there. My wallet wasn't there, and I was like, fuck. Hmm. And I called the credit card company. I had some numbers, and they're like, yeah, where can we send it? They weren't like, we had to send it home, but I was like, I don't, how long is it going to be take to take to send? They're like, you know, 8 to 12 days, or 8 to 15 days. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I could be in one of seven different cities. I don't know yeah. where I'll be. And then I'm like, Fuck. And I think I had the same thing. I think I had a, another, or I maybe I had some cash enough that would go. Yeah. Um, I forget exactly, but I was like, I don't know where to send this. And then I'm like, all right. And I looked up a hostel and like, I guess I'll definitely be in, I don't know, Phnom Penh at some point. So I'm like, send it there and I'll call and say, I'm, I, let me get a place. If some package comes for me, hold it. And then I was like real distraught. I was like, what the fuck, somebody stole it. And I went to, to back to my scooter to fucking get some food and just like probably drank myself to forget and then uh my wallet was in the scooter (laughs) (laughs) no one had stolen it It was fine i don't know why it It was actually way safer than i than the other way (laughs) just a wallet left out that's good i wonder if the sound's gonna come up on this sound really carries far when you're up high like this damn that's Um, Oh, what? good. What were you going to say? I mean, that's the best, though, when you, you think you lost something and then you find it. Oh, yeah. It's like free. Yeah. I was in Bonnaroo with this with this uh, chick I had like a festival fling with, and um, she lost her wallet. We were all sitting down, or her phone. We were sitting down talking, and like hours later, she's like, fuck, my phone. Like, where was it? Like, I don't know. Went back to her tent to look, and I was like, it might be where we were sitting, like way outside. Like, it's gone. I'm like, no, let's just go. And we went. We found it. It was like a free phone. It was yeah. done. <laughs> And then we got back in, and all our fucking hash wax got stolen. What drugs oh, no. did you do while you were <laughs> while you were gone? Or what do you do normally? Um, I smoke a pot here and there, okay. um, and I did it when I would when I would like run into it. Uh, I, w- I would do some, yeah, uh, in Mexico and a little bit in Central America, Colombia. Was uh, it safe? Did you feel safe buying it or, or smoking it if somebody offered? Um, yeah, I mean, well, with, with weed, like you can look at it and be pretty confident, uh, you know, no, I mean, law was, oh, um, no, well, I'm never scared of smoking weed. Yeah. Like, the worst is going to be a shitty weed. Yeah, yeah. No one, weed is the most inexpensive drug. Yeah. No one's going to put more expensive drugs in to make the yeah. less expensive drugs stronger. It's just like, I, it, yeah, I don't see why you would do it. <laughs> it's, it, it makes no sense. So you're safe smoking weed. Especially if like, you know, it's not like you have the scale or anything. They're just trying to make it heavier. Like they're just giving it to you. Yeah, like, exactly. Here's a bag. You're not going to weigh it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Open your hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the laws, I mean, so you seem, you sound like you did a lot of research um, beforehand. I mean, 
some people would would probably do more. Maybe some would do less. Um, you know, I I think I do less than probably most people, just because. Um, you know, if you research everything and you have too much of a strict itinerary, it, it there's not that that sense of kind of wonder and adventure and just kind of random uh, side adventures that that you'll go into, like the ruins I, w- I was talking about and, and stuff like that. So yeah, and I try not to look at pictures of places that I know I'm going to go ahead of time. Really? Because yeah. you don't want to ruin it for yourself? Yeah. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. That that setting expectations too high is like yeah, really. I mean, I get it. Yeah, there's certain moments where you definitely want to do it, where you know you're going to do this thing. Yeah. But then also it's like, yeah, let me see it. The picture's a good way to, like, it's like, yeah, I'm going to see these. Why would I want to ruin it for myself ahead mm-hmm. of time? Yeah. Still, though, I, when I went to look at the pyramids, it was like, I was happy that one that I was like, what's the best way to do this? When do I go in? Is there anything I should know? Yeah. I mean, I know what the pyramids look like already. Yeah. So it wasn't that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. There's like three different ways to prepare. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like massive preparation where every step is going to be taken. And those are like the, the tours, you know, where they're really like, we're going to be here from three to five. Then we're going to get on the bus, go from here. We're going to land at six. We got a quick half hour picture. Then we're going to go. And so it's like, okay, uh, that's too regimented for me. Mm-hmm. And the other one is when you get there, I don't know, figure out, ask the hotel clerk what's cool to do, mm-hmm. you know, and then they'll give you some pointers. And then the other one is just like, do no research. Yeah. And see it. <laughs> yeah, I do a little bit of research, but I never book anything in advance. Because this way you, you have to be there at this time. And booking in advance is usually more expensive, I find. Uh, oh, yeah, it is, right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's constricting. Yeah. Then you have to get there by this time. Yeah. So if there's other cool thing on the way, then you can't go anymore. And I find with... I, I do a lot of kind of crowdsourcing. Like, I'll always just ask locals, uh, what's the cheapest way to get here? Because if you book in advance, you're, you're going to pay for uh, overpriced transportation and everything like that. As opposed to asking a local, what's the cheapest way? What's the best, cheapest restaurant? What's the best, cheapest hotel? I do it for everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they have also these, like, upscale. I don't know if you saw this. Like, there's some some better ways to get, like, you know, more expensive ways. I have a friend who says, like, just get the most expensive. He's rich. So he's like, just get yeah. the most expensive thing because it's almost always going to be the best thing. Um, and then I do a joke about that in Australia. I'm like, well, according to that, then Australian Coke must be the best in the world <laughs> and not so far the shittiest. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, those things where you get like a nicer experience where it's like, sometimes it actually literally detracts. Not only is it not worth the extra money, but like it is worse. We were on a, on a, um, on a train to, to see Paul. Some city in the north in, in Myanmar, and you're supposed to. The, it's one of the cool things to do is you go over this giant aqueduct that's like the uh, when the English were, you know, colonializing Myanmar or Burma. They built and it was so cool and old, but it's a 14 hour train ride for a fucking six minute piece of thing, whatever. And we were like, we couldn't get first class tickets, mm. which is only like, let's say the whole thing was for 15 bucks. First class is like 22. We were like, for sure, let's get first yeah. class. And it was sold out. We're like, fuck it. I'll, I might have actually just been with. My friend's Ryan, who was, like, super poor, was like, I'll just do what you do. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all these first-class people, they started coming back to where we were. And, like, oh, this is better. The windows are way bigger. <laughs> Our windows are, like, fogged out. <laughs> you can't really see. And so the chairs aren't as comfortable, but it's, like, the experience is, like, way nicer. Hmm. But, yeah, you ask locals, like, what's the way to do it? And they'll tell you, like, the legit way to do it. Mm. I thought you were going to be like in some cattle car or something. Yeah, no, it wasn't nearly that bad. That's the thing. It wasn't that would really have been that bad. Kind yeah. of great too. Yeah, 
I have done. I did one from uh, from, uh, from somewhere from Lombok to uh, to uh, Flores Island, and and I was like, yeah, I'll take the ferry. And the guy was like, uh, probably just fly. And I was like, nah, I'll just take the ferry. It seems cool. And he's like, all right. And I just missed missed the translation. I thought he said six hours, but. <laughs> it was like six hour wait for the ferry for when Ooh. I drop you off. It ended up being like forty five hours. Oh no! Uh, instead of like a two hour, <laughs> but I'm like, no, it'll be fun. I'll meet some locals, <laughs> and I definitely would take the other way. But one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah, once it's done, you're like, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. In the moment, maybe not so much, but did you have those moments where you're like I want out of this? I mean, yeah. Uh, time. Uh, I I think I. If I ever break any records, it would be for the most flat tires. I got so many flat tires. And just times, and it happens, it always happens at the worst time uh, where you really needed to to do a lot of kilometers today and then you get a flat and then, you know, you're, it's like raining and cold and in the dark and you're just like, this is just not good. I want to cry right now. Yeah. How did you fix flats? Uh, So I usually try to keep uh, an extra inner tube, but I bought like the wrong size of bicycle for international travel oh, like the, the kind i got is good for north america and europe but uh the the wheel size is not common in central and south america so i was having to patch a lot and then when you patch a tire a lot um it's kind of like a ticking time bomb it's gonna pop eventually again one of the patches is gonna break and so i got a lot of flat tires but i got really good at fixing flat tires yeah i bet <laughs> did you have to like buy new tires at some point new tires yeah yeah you got them shipped to you uh, yeah, I did that in uh, southern southern Colombia. Wow, where you were just like, all right, I'm here for a few days. Let me get some. Yeah. Wow, that's so fucking cool. Do you look? How, when did you finish? Um, it was. Uh, I guess I, I've been home for like a, a week now. Before that, I was I was hanging out in Buenos Aires, just kind of figure figuring out my my next move. And, oh, like and you just finished? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Are you starting to see any of these things as, like, cool, or are they still, like, just, like, real experiences? I mean, so, like, what I'm saying is, like, when you step back from it for a second and you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, wow. I mean, you know, everybody asks me that, like, you know, how do you feel, you know, now that you've finished, but... I mean, I didn't really have like this, like this big like finish line yeah, moment yeah. where there's like confetti in my head and I did it, um, yeah. just popping champagne. It was just kind of like, I mean, I was kind of just thinking of the next thing, you know, thinking of what I want to do next. I mean, obviously it was great. Yeah. And I'm super glad that that I did it, and um, yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm glad I made you know videos of, of the whole journey so that you know when I can't remember, I can just like look at videos and just kind of be back in that that moment uh, in the future. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of, I don't know, I was just thinking of the, the, the next adventure, really. Was there a lot of time you spent on social media and like making videos and like being distracted by, I don't know, phone or whatever? Um, yeah, the, there's definitely um, a little bit of that. Uh, I think mostly more maybe in, in hostels because most of the time I didn't actually have like a, a data plan or anything. So I couldn't even yeah. really do that. Like, you know, when I'm sitting at lunch you know it just kind of forces you to you know pay more attention to the people around you try to decipher their conversations and stuff like that yeah you disappear on the phones it's where it's like you may as well just be in another dimension yeah um could you could you how'd you when did you masturbate just in the tent (laughs) how'd you do it what did you use i mean you know it's um i'm uh you know, I'm I've had expert, a, a, sure. a, a long career, you know, yeah. so 
I've I've got a you know a bag of tricks. <laughs> yeah. Did you go do it in the tent mostly? Showers? Um, yeah, yeah, showers. You know, the shower um uh, kind of blocks the the noise out. You know, sure. Well. You can let out a good. <laughs> no, I, 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 no, I've never never been an uh, audible uh, finisher, but um, uh-huh. but no, just for masking the the noise of the actual act of of doing it, you know? <laughs> slapping. <laughs> <laughs> what about sex? You must have gotten laid in a year and a half. Um, a few times. A few times. Uh, a few That's times. It. Yeah, I wasn't really looking for it. Though. I know, I, but your body at some point was like, "We gotta fuck." I mean, you know, it's just like just kind of the rhythm of things you know it's like during the day i'm bicycling you know i'm dirty i get to my place i'm tired i mean there was even times where the next day i regretted it because i'm like and then those two girls like seemed pretty interested but i was just like i was just so tired that i was just like i didn't even like what am i even gonna do i just want to go to bed right now yeah you, know? you couldn't even do it yeah but I, you know there was there's a, a few a few romantic uh, moments that, that i enjoyed but um I mean like that, that wasn't that day. wasn't my main like purpose. No, obviously like, not. Some people talk to me and they're like, oh, they, like the way that I could tell, like the way they're thinking about it, like this would just be like almost like you know sex tourism, crush like, puss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But those moments that it is like when it's like it happens here or there. Did you like I don't know, call it fall in love? But like, do you ever get like little flings or find somebody like, oh, you're cool? Um. Yeah. Um. I actually met a Peruvian girl in uh, Mexico. And uh, we just happened to, like, we both uh, showed up at the hostel at the same time. And then we just kind of visited the city, uh, Puebla, which is south of Mexico City, for, like, a week. Uh, we had a great week. And then um, since I was going down that way through Peru, I met up uh, with her again in, in Peru. Um, but, I mean, nothing, not not like, uh, I'm not, uh, I don't have any wedding plans or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you fucked? Yes. Okay, there you go. No, I just wanna... Dude, my first hostel I stayed at. There was this dude, Big Red, who was, like, pretty cool. And this German girl who was, like, real cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, I sleep on beaches. I don't fucking care. I was like, what? I couldn't even imagine. It was my first night in a hostel ever, you know? And this guy, Big Red, was cool. And we went on a circle train around the city of Yangon. And, and then um, then the, the the German girl was supposed to leave, I guess, earlier. But it was just me and her in, the, in that dorm. And, um, and then she left. But we took her to the – we walked her to the, to the train station – and her and Big Red were like, all right, well, it was nice to see you, and it's nice to meet you. And I was, that was the same way. I was like, oh, nice to meet you. But it was like they were lingering for so long. And then I found <laughs> out later, it was like, oh, they fucked for like three times. <laughs> um, yeah, that hostel life is when you happen to find your own hostel, like just you. Like, you know, you get a dorm and it's just you in it or it's just you and a girl. That's what you happened were, to me with the Peruvian with the, girl. We, this huge dorm. It's almost like if the lady at the reception knew, uh-huh. she had like seen us talking and then I, I could t- it felt like she was moving everyone, just packing them in the other dorms and she just gave really? us this one dorm. <laughs> because you're both so pent up and you're both traveling and it's like this fun moment and then you're like, whoa, wait, we actually do have privacy here yeah. in, our, in our budget group. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like, you're both just like, I mean, you tell me how it was, but I always felt like it was like, oh, this is happening. We're yeah. going to do this. We both like each other. We both know we're going separate directions in three days. So there's no like, let's go on a few dates, let's get to know each other. There, there's none of that. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was definitely special, especially just the scenery. Like, it was just a beautiful, like, city, too. Everything was just like, it was a moment, you know? Yeah. That, it's got, I mean, it's got to be romantic. You're both in foreign countries with yeah. a foreign person. Yeah. And, you're, and we both got there at the same time, so we discovered the city, like, together, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're both so fresh and, like, yeah, you're do- having this experience. Mm-hmm. You keep in touch with her? Uh, yeah. Do you really? A little bit, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And hostels are just great for that in general. It's like, 
um, because I mean, from a guy's perspective, you know, I mean, girls that are uh, traveling, you know, they're usually a little bit more open than yeah, I would sure. think girls that don't travel. They're open to you know new experiences, and, and when you're traveling, it's like you know you just like you're in the mindset of I'm going to try new things, right? Yes. And that, exten- that extends it. to, uh, yeah. you know, romantic situations. Yeah. I did see a couple guys kind of take advantage of that and they really just come on too hard to people and it was like... Yeah, that happens as well. It's, yeah. Dude, stop. We're all trying yeah. to be cool here. Yeah. But then like when it does happen naturally, it's fucking glorious. Yeah. You just know. You're just like, oh, yeah, this is happening. You're just on a walk and then you're just like, oh, yeah. And there's... And like... I feel like it probably wasn't like this before, but there's more and more, um, again, I'm talking from a guy's perspective, but sure. there's more and more like, uh, girls that travel alone. Yeah. You know, the, it's not just in couples. There'll be girls traveling alone. If they're traveling alone, I mean, that's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like rude, but it's like, it's almost like shooting fish in a barrel and hostile if you show up there at the same time, you know? Dude, I mean, Thailand was like, if, if you don't fucking Northern Thailand in a hostel, like you're, you're fucking up. Yeah. Like everybody there is hooking up. It's crazy. It's nuts. I barely did, but I still did. Like, um, um, yeah, yeah. Certain places are more than others. Mm-hmm. What a fun time, though. You meet a chick, and you're just like, yeah. Even just being around them is fun. Oh yeah. You know, just yeah. a new girl where it's like, maybe nothing will happen. But it's just nice. Yeah. You know what I liked about hostel life is the egalitarian. Like, there's no like, well, I'm a guy. I'll pay. Because everyone is on a a budget, mm-hmm. and a lot of times those budgets are like time related. Like I have this much amount of time money left, you know. I have six months worth of money left, and if I pay for your drinks tonight, I have five months and three weeks left. Yeah. So it's just like not it doesn't even come up. Yeah. And so really, everyone's on equal footing, and yeah. it's just really nice. Yeah, it's like an alternate universe. Because me too, when I was hanging out with the girl, and then um, <clears throat> it's like. You know, they most of the time when uh, when they're traveling, like they don't even, they don't even expect you to pay at all. No. And even if you you do pay, but you do kind of like a cheap move, you're like, oh well, she's gonna look at me weird now because I'm being cheap. Not even doesn't even blink bat an eye because everyone's kind of in that situation. If you're in a hostel and you're yeah. traveling, you're young, like uh-huh. no nobody's rich here, you know. Yeah, it was weird. I got to Bali, and um, I mean, you know what it's like. Well, let's talk about the space um, in a second. But like, you have a limited amount of space. So when someone's like some like local like hawker is like, hey, buy this like rug or you know blanket. I'm like, oh, will you tell me what I can drop out of my bag? Because yeah. I can't just take it back with me. I yeah. don't have that. So then I got to I remember getting to Bali and it was like going to some some guy I met in Jakarta or from Jakarta. He was like, I can get get us into like a nice cool like like nice bar or whatever. Like, all right, sure, let's go. But it's like you know I had hiking shoes and and jeans and that's it. I mean, I had shorts and jeans, but I had one pair of jeans, so I'll wear those. And then you see people in, like, evening wear. And you're <laughs> like, what? How? And then it hits you, like, oh, they're here for a week. Mm. They came with their, like, gowns and shit. And you're like, okay, or, like, nice dresses. And you're like, oh, that's just not a possibility. And so when you're just, like, not in that mode, you really can just, like, oh, who cares if I'm not fashionable? It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? A T-shirt and jeans is fine. Yeah, I was not looking good out there, but... <laughs> yeah. So tell me about the space. Like, what did you take and what did you not take and how limited were you? Um, well, when I first started, and I think this, uh, what, from what I've heard of other bicycle tourists is common, you start out with way more stuff than you need. Mm-hmm. And then within a week, you're like, I never use this. I'm never going to use this. This I will use once a year. I'll buy it if I need it. And then you just toss Dump. everything. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was in, uh, I think it was in Pennsylvania, and I saw this hunter camp, and I just, like donated you know they weren't there but i donated my my stove and all my my cooking stuff i just realized like 
I'm never going to cook, man. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just tired. I don't feel like cooking. I'm not going to use this. It's heavy. Yeah, just buy food. And and, um, I would usually, like I said, plan to stay near a town and then just eat uh, in town. Usually fast food because in the U.S. that's what's cheapest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fast food is cheapest. And because I like it more. (laughs) I interviewed a homeless lady and I was like, how are you fat? Like, you know. And she was like, that's, you know, GMOs. And McDonald's is the cheapest. It's the worst for you. Yeah. But you eat fucking three burgers and so much sugar and shit. It's not like, yeah, I can't it's eat a great lot. great value. But when I do eat, it's fucking <laughs> gross. Um, yeah, I had those things too where you like want to gift it to people. Where you're like, hey, I don't need this sweatshirt anymore. I just came from the mountains. I'm not going to be in the mountains again. And mm-hmm. I don't want this. So mm-hmm. take it. And they're like, yeah. no, it's too big. I'm like, who cares? You're going to be cold. Yeah, I definitely gifted some stuff, including money that I forgot to exchange. I forgot I had. And really? Then you ask for someone that's going there, and you just give them. You know, really? Yeah. Not a lot, but. I remember saying at hostels where it's like, hey, who needs this kind of cash? I need this. Who wants to trade? Yeah, that's always better. You know, I'll give you a good rate because yeah. i got to get rid of it. And it's like, I guess you're just not going anywhere where there's money changers. Slash Jews. <laughs> um, yeah. Dude, that sounds so cool. A year and a half. It was. Well, did you bike in the rain? Oh, yeah. Rain or shine. Yeah. Poncho? I mean, yeah, poncho and just, you know, listening to a podcast and you just kind of, you just get used to it. You, you know? would listen to podcasts while you're traveling? Yeah. It's a pastime. I guess. Usually, like, the, the first, like, few hours, I try not to, just to, like, just really enjoy the scenery and just kind of be with your thoughts, kind of meditate a little bit. Yeah. But then after a while, it does kind of get a little bit long and then, you know, put on some music or, or podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so, especially when it's like nothing's going on. I'm always like in the woods. People like listen to headphones. I'm like, hey, you want to hear nature? Yeah. Do you do much naturing there? Oh, yeah. Um, like usually um, <clears throat> when I would get to a city, I'd like see the city. And because like the parts that I were in were so mountainous, usually around the city, there'll be like some awesome hikes to do. Uh, so you find out local transportation to get there, do a, a day trip, do a, an awesome hike, a volcano maybe. Yeah. An active volcano. <laughs> An active volcano. Oh, wow. Quite a few active volcanoes in, in really? Central America. Wow. Yeah. Like, you get there, and it's, like, fuming at the top, and there's, like, it's, like, green and, like, fuming. You're like, what? I've never seen this. What wow. is this? <laughs> so, would you lock your bike up and then just start hiking? Uh, yeah. So, the, the bike would be locked at the hostel, and then... Uh, oh, 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 okay. And then, like, in the morning, you'd be, like, talking to people, and you know, and, again... Uh, if I, if I see a girl that you know would be alone, like, oh, what are you doing today? Oh, I don't know. Do you want to come, come hike a volcano? Sure. Yeah. 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 That is the coolest thing about hostels is like, no, I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff. I shouldn't say yeah. coolest. But like how everyone's so social and yeah. be like, you want to come with us to do this? Yeah. Hey, new person. And it's all, it always like made me feel weird because when I got there, I'm like, oh, you guys must be all old friends. And then you're like, no, one day before you. That's yeah. when they got here. Yeah. They're not old friends. They're just, I mean, they're barely more friends than you are, and you'll be the same level in a day. Yeah, it's so strange. And then somebody else comes the next day and, like, oh, I guess you guys all know each other. And you're like, sort of, dude. I don't know that guy's <laughs> name. I think it's Tim yeah. or Tom. I know he's fat either way. Um, <laughs> yeah, did you get a lot of that? Like, just friendliness? Yeah, it's, again, it's like when, you, when you're traveling, you're just, um, you're, you're, you're you're in that open-minded kind of uh, state. You want to try new things, and you know it's a lot of people like to experience and uh, with people, so you can comment on stuff and not just you know keep it to yourself and make yeah. new friends and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, do you ever find really braggy people at hostels? 
Yeah. Yeah, they're weird, huh? It's usually about bragging about where they've been. Yeah, for sure. I, I, and the conversation always just kind of goes there. I try to, like, steer it away. And, in fact, like... You try to steer it away from where you've been? Yeah, like, I, I, I try to avoid mentioning my trip just because I had talked about it so many times that I know that the second I mention my trip, people are going, oh, my God, tell me everything. Yeah. And I, I don't really... I'm not type of person uh you know this, despite this instant here that would <laughs> seem right, right. contrary to that but that, that likes talking about myself uh a lot you know i'd rather learn about new people than just me blabbing about you know stuff that you know i, I already know you know well also once you've answered the same question a few times hundreds of times I, you figure out <laughs> the best way to say something and yeah. then you just keep repeating it exactly yeah, yeah, that yeah. way. you're just like a robot yeah and so then it's like there's no joy in this yeah i'm just like telling you I wish you were here yesterday. I, you could just listen to that conversation. It's Once weird. in a while, I just start lying and just make up stuff. Really? Like, that's a good tip. Oh, that's nice. Like what? I mean, it didn't really relate to that, but usually like when, when people would uh, ask me like, you know, what I do for a living, because it's such a common question, I usually uh-huh. say like astronaut or something like that. They're like, oh, really? In Ottawa? You're an astronaut. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's crazy. That's a crazy makeup. <laughs> yeah, I would never say comedian unless, I could, unless they really pressed me. Yeah. It was too much of like a... a What's your go-to? Um, I avoided the question mostly. Oh. So, like, what do you do in New York? And I'd say, you know, hang out with friends, just walk around. Because they're really, <laughs> they're really, I found, they're really just, like, trying to start a conversation. They're not really interested in the question. They're more interested in, like, uh, it's kind of like saying, like, how you doing? And you say, fine, how are you? And it's like, fine. And it's like, oh, we were both looking to start a conversation, and that was the worst question for it. Because the only answer is fine. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to complain and turn somebody off so really you should you should ask like different questions like what's new when you're like trying new foods lately or i don't know something to lead you into a place that actually yeah. can like lead to discussion yeah you know or like oh who's your favorite sports team something mm-hmm. where it's like interesting but so when they asked like what do you do in new york i think they were just like talk to me please you know yeah so then, yeah, I would be like, you're walking around, see movies. And like, oh, what kind of movies? I'm like, yeah, I like this and this. And then yeah. if they, they keep pressing you, then it's like, yeah, I would say, it's, I wouldn't lie. I'd say yeah. stand-up comedy. Occasionally, I used to lie and say independent contractor. Because it's not a lie, but it's like... It sounds boring, too. Yeah, it sounds boring. Like, oh, cool, forget it. <laughs> and then I'd be like, what does that entail? They're just like, mm, anyway, well, I'm an accountant. I guess I'm more exciting than you are. <laughs> um, yeah, it is way, way social. I love those breakfasts. That everyone sits around. Yeah. But there is a lot of that. But I kind of like it, though, when people are like, where have you been? Because then it's like, give me ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely do ask people. Um, but, I mean, it's not always interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll also tell you tips, too, of like, I mean, it, there's these routes that I found. I don't know if you found them, too. Especially because you're doing different routes. You're not doing bus stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like. Yeah. These are the cities people go to, you yeah. know? And so yeah, it's yeah. either you're going down or, or, or up or mm. east or west, north or south or east or west, you know? So it's like there's only a limited amount of – so you'd end up – I would end up running into people two countries later, yeah. you know, a, you know, 45 days later in, in another country. And you're like, what are you doing here? It's like, what do you think they're doing? <laughs> Same thing you're doing. They're going to see that ruins. We're doing the obvious path yeah, through these exactly. countries. You, <laughs> went around, you went to New Zealand first, then back. You know, you went to fucking Laos and then Cambodia. I went from Thailand and then Cambodia. But it's yeah. all the same shit. Yeah. Um, but because of that, they're like, oh, you're headed here. You want to go see this thing. Yeah, yeah. Or like, oh, I just missed it, but there's a full moon party in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, hey, there's a fucking uh, vegetable festival going on in two weeks I heard about. Yeah. Uh, and those are like the best tips. Yeah, like I've had last minute, like literally the day before, 
completely changed my my whole like itinerary for like Argentina just from talking to one guy. Wow, like what? What did he say? Uh, well, he just he was just uh, explaining what northwestern Argentina was, and I just never heard of it because I don't do that much research. Uh-huh. I was going to start going into Chile and go down uh, that way, but that would have been so much more boring. I was so glad I did it, and I just like randomly just talking to this guy like the night before leaving, and I had a completely amazing experience in northwest uh, northwestern Argentina that I wouldn't have had if I didn't talk to him. Wow, what'd you do there? Um, well, or what'd you see? <clears throat> I don't know. That's the right question. I mean, it's. It's. Um, I think the landscapes would probably be comparable to like uh, like Arizona, Utah, uh, New Mexico. Just like crazy rock formations that just don't make sense. Uh, just like like you know like lunar landscapes. Just wow. Um, also, it was like the cheapest part of Argentina too, so that was good. And uh, just culturally too, because it's close to Bolivia, it's still kind of indigenous, uh, which you don't really see like I don't think anywhere else in Argentina to that extent. So. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was cool. Oh, wow. Did you have that? Was that Argentinian, Argentinian, Argentinian? I don't know. Um, it's a type of cow, a cut of meat. It's stomach or is it tongue or neck? Maybe it's neck. I met some Argentinian, a couple, they were telling me, like, that's what you got to get. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I didn't know what I was getting most of the time. <laughs> Who knows what it was? Yeah. That is a cool thing. Like, what did you get that you were like, this is fucking great? I mean, that thing you were talking about, that, that fucking big, I don't know how you would describe it, omelet or whatever you said. Yeah. But like, yeah, I remember getting stuff that you're like, oh, just point to it and be like, two. And then you hand them a big bill. They hand you back the change. Yeah, I definitely then, ate some like intestines and I think uh, tongue and... Um, like what? Yeah, I've had, you know, uh, chicken feet in my soup. Um, <laughs> I love that tea. You're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, am I supposed to eat this? Like, is this just like a decoration? Is it a garnish? Yeah. <laughs> what should I know here? There's no meat on this. Do you do that when you're looking around at other people eating? You're like, how are you doing it? <laughs> God, those are fun. Now it's like making me jealous to like get the fuck out back on the road. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel. But I'm in, really enjoying being being back home and seeing my family and friends. Was there a culture shock getting back? Um, it's been a week now, so like, I wouldn't say quite a shock. Um, there were some few things that were that I was still like stuck in Latin America. I kept saying "por favor" for everything. I couldn't stop myself. I just kept saying it. I was like, "Stop, stop!" I had like, <laughs> you know, like Tourette's or something. You know? Yeah. Um, and in everywhere in Latin America, and actually most of the world. Um, you have to put your toilet paper in like the garbage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. kept doing that for a while. I'm like, oh shit, I don't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's so, those bathrooms are so stinky. They're the same way in South America. We're like, what is yeah. that smell? And you're like, it's fucking multiple people's shit. <laughs> yeah. Not just one. Multiple people sitting out shit. Yeah. Like when you go to the bathroom here, people don't understand. It's like it smells because you take a dump and then you flush it, and pretty yeah. soon the smell will dissipate. But that's because all the shit is gone. Yeah. But in those bathrooms, the shit is not gone. No. It, it stays remaining. there. Oh, <laughs> ugh. ugh. <laughs> yeah, Did it's not the, the greatest part. Yeah. Bum guns? Do they have bum guns there? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's like this little hose thing attached to a thing. You just fucking shoot a stream oh, of water no, up but to your ass. Every toilet in Argentina has um, a bidet. Really? So that's pretty culturally different. Oh. Argentina is like like the european country out of latin america or at least they, they try to be damn interesting so like people smoke they kiss on the cheek uh they eat all their meals super late uh for breakfast they only eat like croissant coffee and then like they go out for dinner at like nine so it's it's very different from the the rest of latin america weird why 
it's um, well when the the country was being formed. I mean, it's like written in their constitution. I think uh, as it croissants. was explained to me, <laughs> yeah, croissants every every morning, or else you go to jail. Um, but no, it's, it was just like it was written that they they wanted an effort to be like the civilized world and not like you know the quote unquote barbarians, the indigenous people. And at that time, the civilized world was like Europe, right. and so and they wanted to attract Europeans to to come to Argentina because it was such a big country, but they didn't have a lot of people. So that, that they really modeled them, themselves after Europe, and they did actually receive a lot of uh, Europeans in Argentina. Oh, to like the, get them to settle there. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so so Argentina is like the only country where you see like a lot of white people. Like when I was in Bolivia, people thought I was from Argentina. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Because my Spanish was decent at that point. I was white, so they thought I was from Argentina. Huh. Interesting. What was like the most degenerate country? Most degenerate? And, you know, like poorest, like grossest. Uh, I mean, Bolivia wasn't that uh, gross, but I think that's the poorest one i would yeah bolivia yeah and that's also the most indigenous one it's it's pretty interesting they they, they still uh, believe some uh, well i say still i mean uh, i shouldn't judge you know people's beliefs um but they have some interesting uh, beliefs like in their capital city of la paz um they had like a sp- specific kind of indigenous uh, people that lived in that area and they really believe in pachamama which is mother uh, mother earth i guess and they believe that if you want success in life, you have to make sacrifices to, to Mother Earth. So let's say um, you have um, you know, an exam coming up. You would have to kill a chicken and bury it and not eat it. That's your, your, to do well on your exam. What? And if you have a house, you have to kill a llama, bury it underneath your house so that your house doesn't you know, burn down or something. And apparently for like big buildings, um, what sometimes would occur is they would go to homeless people uh, and then offer them these parties where they would just booze them up until they were passed out and they would bury them un- alive underneath these buildings. And then, like, when buildings get destroyed, they often find, like, remains of people. What? And w- one of the homeless people passed out, uh, and while I think they were burying, uh, burying him alive, uh, managed to escape and wrote a book about it, or maybe someone helped him write the book about it. And yeah, the, right. the title was, I Was Drunk, But I, rem- but I Remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to believe him? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a standard thing. That's crazy. Uh, Bolivia, to me, always struck me as the country where it's like, when people are like, a place is safe, and I'm like, yeah, mostly everywhere is safe. I'm like, you know, felt a safe. place like Bolivia would be careful. But uh, I don't know why that's always my example of like, no, no, that's, they're Robbie there. I mean, I did... But I haven't he- been, so I don't know. I did hear that in Peru and Bolivia, it didn't happen to me, that there is, um, you know, some occurrences of... Uh, but it's usually like minor, like theft, like pickpocketing or or if you just leave your bag somewhere you shouldn't uh you know might get picked up or something just grab it yeah john stewart had an old uh, tv show um before he had a daily show on upn some old network that's not around anymore um and then this game called i forget what it was called but it was to see how long it would take someone to to take something in new york mm. and they would just leave something of no value not like a wallet and they have those windows that were like you know how it's like below the ground but the window is like right on the ground so like inside they're like way below mm-hmm. but you can see like if, if you're looking all you can see is people's like shoes yeah, yeah. walking by so they they'd put a camera in those windows mm-hmm. and they would take something like the the one i remember is one of those like floaters for kids like a like a big thing oh, like a duck like the a duck, duck head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just walk by and put it down right there and then you start a clock and you'd see after like 20 seconds someone stop and like look at it and then just keep walking and it's like 
no one can use us. And there's no like place. Uh, and then I feel like never got more than a minute before someone's like, I'm taking this. I saw somebody drop their sunglasses here. That's the thing too I want to talk to you about where people like, I'm sure your friends would like, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. But like I saw somebody drop their sunglasses in the upper west side maybe. And I was like, hey, excuse me, you dropped your sunglasses. Like they were coming towards me. I saw it. And they're like, well, I'm like, you should show up over there. And we went back and they were gone. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I'm like, I mean, I saw them fall. She's like, yeah, I can't find them. I'm like, who fucking took them that fast? <laughs> but I'm sure people were like, it's too dangerous to go. Ottawa, I mean, I know you're not in Ottawa, but mm-hmm. Ottawa itself is the safest city in Canada, according to me. Yeah, probably. Because it's a government town and yeah. it's like no one wants to lose their job. And I was doing drugs there once for Blues Fest. I was just doing a bunch of mushrooms and I came across one of the parks. And, um... And I remember going to a park, and parks are like, you know, it's like, ooh, it seems more dangerous. There's no one around, you know. Like 11.30. No, I had to be after 11, so maybe 12.30 at night. And I'm looking, and kind of scared. And then it hit me like, oh, I'm the most dangerous thing here. <laughs> I'm the drug addict coming into a fucking park yeah. at 12.30 at night. Like, yeah. I'm the only bad problem, so it's fine. Yeah. There were people telling you that, like, you got to be careful in these places. Oh, yeah. It's so dangerous. Yeah. But it's, uh, of course, it's people that have never been to these countries, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and like you said, like, I mean, you just have to use common sense. Like, y- you could easily get robbed in, in New York as you could in, in Bolivia. I mean, I'm sure the, the odds aren't drastically that different. Um, I'm sure there's, you know, people that are, you know, down on their luck in, in New York as, uh, as they are in, in Bolivia. You just have to be, you know, smart anywhere that you really are. You should be looking around at your environment if you're not familiar with where you are. Just to get a, a, a read of, of people's faces, you know. Does, oh right. Does, does their face look like you know they're they're really like don't give a shit about anything and they look like kind of angry or are they kind of you know just chilling? Yeah, the problem I found is like I found foreign faces, like browner faces, you know, or different color- shaped eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like I read that as dangerous when it was really just foreign. Yeah. Foreign <laughs> meaning different, you know, and mm-hmm. that's not an. I was going off bad assumptions. Yeah. The only thing way it hurt anybody was that I, I limited my experiences. Yeah, yeah, you hurt unnecessarily. yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- I think you you shouldn't be afraid of of pretty much anything. You, that you should be able to do it. Any kind of experience, um, just you know, ask locals, and you know, just keep your eyes open. Yeah, yeah. Were you? Did you lose a bunch of weight? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, there was times where I I got a a little bit a little bit skinnier, and I just kind of told myself I need to make, make an effort to just eat even more. Oh, a really? Few, few few extra cervezas. Too. <laughs> That's what I had. Uh, it was like I was gaining weight. I was like, I don't understand. I'm so much more active. I'm eating like better foods, like like f- smaller portions, and like actually cooked foods with less like GMOs and shit like that. And then, um, yeah, my friend was like, it's just Chang's. It's just yeah, beer. It's the beer. Yeah. Just fucking, I was like, I'd stop drinking. She goes, Oh, don't stop drinking. Just switch to gin. Oh, gin yeah, and tonic yeah. is the way to go. I was like, Oh, okay. Right. She goes, No, but don't stop drinking. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, or do more drugs. Um, what did you? What other kind of things did you get into while you were there? Like, what were some of your mm. favorite like experiences? Year and a half, dude. That's so cool. I mean. Honestly, I think the my favorite part of the trip was actually the the cycling. Just because mm. you you see all the different lifestyles. Like if you're just taking a bus from city to city, you end up seeing what cities are like in like Mexico, let's say. When you go in between cities and you see these small towns and uh, you know how most people just kind of you know own this like 
small farms and they just kind of do sustenance living and yeah. and stuff like that or maybe they trade with the the neighboring uh farms and and stuff like that and i mean people are just like so chill like if you if you everyone wants to talk to you and they're just always in a good mood when i find the more you get out of cities um and yeah just seeing the different environments going from one place seeing the landscape change and 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 stuff like that i just really enjoyed the bicycling like i like cities too but after like a few days i was kind of itching to get back on the bike cities also to me anyway you can comment on this they all seem sort of the same like every country has their big city and they might have more than one like we have chicago new york and la Mm -hmm. as the big city you know but we're massive you know Mm -hmm. but like you get toronto and vancouver you know but it's like the big city and then you have so we were talking to my friend who's a canadian which is like she lives in edmonton she drove to calgary to come do shows with me and like those are big cities of alberta you know Mm -hmm. but like red deer is where you'll get a way better experience of like (laughs) who is a canadian yeah yeah you know rather than these like oil barons in in calgary yeah that aren't the real people yeah yeah definitely um yeah i think just like the thing what happens with with cities is that you know when uh, modernity uh creeps in and everyone you know has access to the internet Mm -hmm. uh, i think that that kind of you know to a certain extent kind of starts to create culture i mean the internet um and also just like it just when you have too many like people um you just kind of like see them like not like not like people they're just kind of um i mean you do see that see them at people but not like like really these are all unique people with different stories and different personalities uh like you wouldn't stop to, to talk to people like people just don't do that no, as no much way. in cities. new york no yeah. way i got home from traveling i spent a week trying to get someone in new york to me to say hello back <laughs> not start just back you know really? so i'd be like i'd look at people coming down the street i like look up i'd like stay looking up because i mean do they do this where everyone says hello good morning good afternoon to each other bon dia bon, bon, bon tarde oh that's that's uh yeah yeah like we're just you pass by people and yeah. just like good afternoon good and in morning. restaurants they say buen provecho and i didn't know what that meant for the longest time i was just like what smile and nod it's just uh, uh bon appetit yeah oh. and yeah mm-hmm. people are just you know they're just more chill yeah i couldn't get anyone to say hello i'd be like hello and they just look down i'm like fuck <laughs> it was like hard on me does that is that kind of culture shock kind of thing where people i'm sh- i mean i don't know what kind of town you're from but like where it's not as social with strangers yeah i'm more in a smaller town where uh, okay. it's it's, a, it's not as fast-paced as like a, a city yeah if, if i'm visiting my parents in the suburbs and you're walking and you pass somebody there's no way you don't say hello yeah and here, there's no way you do. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. My mom was eventually was like, it's just numbers, I think. You just can't say hello to yeah, yeah. 4,000 people That'd be half day. your day. Yeah. <laughs> so you just, like, don't do it. And then you start not viewing. You see them as backdrop and yeah. not people that can. But I still try to smile. I still try to, like, maybe make eye contact, just a little smile. Maybe maybe even, maybe even a nod. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Have you talked to your friends yet since you went back? Oh, yeah. Did you have this experience where they're interested, of course, because, uh-huh. like, wait, what? So, and then you start... They were like, what was Argent... Well, how do I say this question best? They start asking you about it, and then did you ever see them just glaze over and become uninterested pretty quickly? Um, not really. Uh, To be honest, like, um... I don't have that many friends, and the and the friends that I, I have been uh, that I 
do have that I talk to like on a regular basis. I was already talking with them uh, mm-hmm. th- throughout the trip, and you know I already knew they were interested in in the trip, and uh, you know they like follow my videos and and stuff like that. So um, no, I, I didn't really get that experience. That's good. Yeah, I read a book, and he said that's what's going to happen is 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 you're going to get home and be like wow. So what was the food like in you know Bolivia? And you're like oh, they cook fucking paellas right in the street. It's pretty awesome. Like, oh, wow, yeah. Remember me and Marcy? Remember Marcy we went to that place? Like, oh, can you believe John? Fuck it, what he said the other day. And then you're just like, oh, so we're done. I, I wouldn't mean, I mind that, actually. I still have more experience, but okay. Because, I mean, again, uh, for me, like, talking about my trip, you know, um, uh, you know, the, especially when it, it's common questions, but sometimes, you know, it's just, yeah, I just don't feel like doing it. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I just always shut up. I'm like, if you stop asking, I'll stop talking. You know, I'm sure I talk about it enough that I don't have to, like, add. If people are interested, that's fine. But, like, yeah. you see some people that are interested in travel yeah, there'll get, be like, some people. way more interested. Like, how'd you do that? What'd you do? Yeah. I hate I, I hate the most is the broad questions. What was Argentina like? Yeah. And you're just like, I mean. All right. So the population is yeah, this many, yeah, yeah. this many square kilometers. Yeah. There's five different geographical zones. <laughs> do you mean are the people friendly? Yeah, exactly. The different zones. Like that's so crazy. What's America like? Yeah, when it's, it's like, a huge I, country. Yeah, yeah. What was yeah? What was the U.S. like? <laughs> I want to go to Patagonia bad. Oh yeah, you should. It's pretty, huh? It's yeah. It's, I, I mean, I haven't seen the world, but it has to be one of the nicest places in the world. Like it feels like you're in paradise, especially bicycle touring. Um, They're real outdoorsy there, right? Yeah, it's, it's very culture. like open and easy to camp, and it's just it's just amazing. And, and the weather was great too when I was there, and yeah, it was really amazing. Yeah, did you when you're biking in the in the rain in the cold rain? Hot rain is like sort of fun in a different way, you know. It's like uncomfortable because it's always cold. Yeah, like, well, if it's hot in the afternoon, the rains can actually cool you down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I was always just miserable when I was on a on a on a scooter. I'm like, I, we're not. There's nowhere to stop. And who knows how long this rain is going to go. If it's the afternoon, like, hour-long rain, you, you pull up and... Do they have those in South America? Um, yeah, yeah. And that's usually how it is. It'll rain, like, for, like, an hour, and then it's, it's done. Stop. And so when you see it happen, and it pours? Um, yeah. Sometimes you get caught, but actually, I was pretty decent at avoiding it. Like, I would look at the sky a lot. And then sometimes, like, if I could tell I was going to a cloud, I would just look at the wind, like throw some grass and then you know if, if i had some weed on me i would just sit back roll a joint just look at the clouds just move out of the way and, just keep, going. and then keep going or go uh try to find some food or i'd usually have some dry food just like okay well i guess now is my snack time i'm just gonna eat right now you can feel it coming when you're outside too you can feel the rain coming you can see the wind start to kick up and the cloud and you're like it's happening soon yeah yeah yeah, or you just like get under a tree. Yeah, I had a friend who wanted to come see me, and uh, then he researched it. He's like, "Oh no, I can't come see you. It's going to be rain season in Colombia." I'm like, "Man, it it doesn't really matter. Like, there's one hour that you know we're going to be back inside for." Yeah, I mean, I picked my itinerary based on like, where I went first, based on like what had the nicest weather for the next two weeks. You know, I just went like last second. I was like, "All right, there's rain here, there's rain there, there's no rain here for two weeks." But then my friend that I met, a, a, a Montreal or Canadian. She went to to Bali. She loves surfing, Deborah. And then I met up with her later, and I was like, it was raining the whole time. She goes, no, not at all. I'm like, the weather report said just rain every day. And she goes, no. I mean, I was there, so no. It's probably at night. Or it was like 45 minutes. It's quick, come and go. And it's like, I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, you're eating or something. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? But most of the day is not rain. So why would you say rain when it's 23 hours of not rain? 
Yeah, and it's like that most of the time. It's usually late in the afternoon or in the evening. So just like get up, do your stuff, and you'll probably be done before it starts raining. Yeah. Did you bike at night at all? I really tried to avoid it, uh, but usually because of a flat or or if I really wanted to get to a town or something and it was far, then a little bit, but uh, it's it's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that tent really frees you up to be able to just like, I'm oh, yeah. stopping here. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have that. That that seems way cool where you can just like, I'm done. Yeah. Well, especially for Patagonia. It's like in the morning, it's like I didn't even look at where I was going today. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to wow. go. and Wow. Yeah. And just go until you're like yeah. set up here, bring some nuts with yeah. you or something. Make sure you have enough food too and yeah. water. What was the water like throughout America? Um, pretty much not drinkable. The tap okay. water everywhere except for Costa Rica and Panama. Um, but you can get water filters. I was just kind of too lazy to get water filters. I would usually just kind of buy water. It wasn't that expensive. But mm-hmm. I probably should have, you know, looking back because it does add up. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, most places I've been not most not europe i guess but like all through asia it's like do not drink the water and the locals don't either yeah which is strange but yeah if you get a purifier i wonder if that would be good enough yeah some of them are just really slow to do it's just kind of it's kind of i have one i use for hiking i think it's camelback and it's got a a filter in there and so then it's like any creek just fucking go but it's pretty fast because oh it works on as you suck it out yeah, the water ball. I've seen that. And, and when I saw that, I was like, oh, I should, I should have had that. <laughs> yeah. It's really great because when you do come across like a cold mountain stream yeah. and you're hot and the stream is cold because it's coming from the mountains, it's like you still feel like this is a mountain. I'm drinking mountain yeah. water. And I still did that. Um, I just tried to make sure that, okay, there's not going to be like any farms up there or anything. Because a lot of the time, like I would I would be in the mountains. So like I, I'm at the top right now. Like that, that's the peak. There's nothing after. So if there's water coming from that mountain, I'm going to drink it's it. It's clean. Yeah. Yeah, I remember in Alaska, they were like, there was, near Anchorage, they were like, oh no, there's beaver shit in here and you'll die. You'll get diarrhea so bad that it's like 50-50 yeah. whether you'll die. Yeah, you have to be able to see the peak of the mountain and see where the water is coming from. But no animals at all. In the, I don't know, I'm so scared of that fucking, once they said that about the beaver shit, I was like, I can't, I'm not ever having anything. But did it look like it, it would... It looked so clean. Yeah, it looked clean, but like, I mean, did you see like where the source was? Like, could you there's see like... Not, a, I mean, there's no farms up there. Oh. These are wild beavers. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, it wasn't rivers. It was usually, like, like trickles just yeah. coming down the rocks, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got away with it, so it's fine. You're probably I'm able alive. to. Dude, I get scared in, like, nature when I hear a squirrel, like, freaking out. I go to nature so much, I'm such a pussy about it. I, it, I'd be, I should be way better by now. Um, I'm trying yeah, to think what else. When I, when I started camping um, in the U.S., I, I'm sure it was a squirrel now, but... I would swear to God it was a bear, and I was, yeah. like, shaking. Like, oh, God, there's a bear, there's a bear, there's a bear. <laughs> and then when a deer actually came, I'm like, it was so much louder than the squirrel. I'm like, okay, that was a deer. <laughs> now I know what a squirrel, a squirrel is, but I was dying. I thought I was going to get eaten alive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What time is it? Can you check your phone? I don't have mine. Oh, that's a GPS. Oh, that's a Garmin. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's got to be somewhere at some point. It is 414. 414. All right, I got another 15 minutes to say. Um... Did you meet any really cool people? Definitely. Besides that chick? De- definitely. Um, I mean, just like in Costa Rica, this one time, just an example, um, I was bicycling along and uh, this guy just stops over and he's like, have you had lunch? I'm like, no. Do you like fish? Yeah. And then he's come to my house. I just follow him to his house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, amazing lunch, uh, you know, just had a great like hour just talking with his, his wife and his kid and near a city or no no okay no. um and 
Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of that. Like people would you just, just talk to them. Yeah. There's this um, play called Sleep No More. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of it? Rings a bell, but okay. I think they do it all over the the world now, but like, or, and maybe before too. But there's one here, and it's they just redo Hamlet all silent, and um, and everybody who it's like three or four stories, five stories actually, and different floors. It's abandoned warehouse. Oh, okay. And you yeah. just go through and you wear these masks. Oh, I have heard of this. And yeah. the masks are your you're a, a, an audience member and mm-hmm. not a fucking not an actor um, they tell you dress up is nice and if you dress up they're more likely to like pull you aside they'll grab yeah, your hand yeah. they'll pull you into a separate room and they'll mm-hmm. just give you this weird monologue and you're like what is going on and those moments of when they pull you aside they take your hand they pull you into another room and they talk to you about their, their child who died and whatever as a, as a character you know it's just like this, but and everyone else looks at you like there's there's eight of you, you know, wearing the mask, and they'll just pull one of your hand, and everyone else is like, ah, oh, fuck, he's getting this special special thing. To me, those moments where someone's like, you hungry? You want? Do you like fish? Come with me. It's like it, that's exactly that. Yeah. Where you get this bonus of like meeting a local in a in a local, real, like authentic mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. They're just irreplaceable moments that that yeah. don't translate. Yeah. Because the translation is like I get it, some guy, but like. When people hear it up here, they're just like, "Oh, so you had lunch, and talked to someone." You're yeah. Like, that doesn't that doesn't convey at all. Yeah. It's it's like it's a legit home cooked, authentic mm-hmm. type of meal. Like it was from a river nearby. The fish, you know. Yeah. Like a fish I'd never seen before, and just you know. Yeah, it's a moment of immersion into a culture where, I, it's. And the guy gave me tons of great tips of of things to do in Costa Rica. Like what? Um, I went there once with my parents. Well, I, I had made some plans to, to go towards the coast. Yeah. And the place that I was going to was like, don't go there. It's super crowded. It's super expensive. Um, I think it was called Manuel. Jacar, Jacara. Okay. It's north of the Manuel Park. Okay. Um, and then he said, if you want some just like amazing beaches where there's no one and it's super quiet, uh, just go further south uh, to um, Uvita, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, it was just great, just huge beaches, and you didn't have to pay to get in, and because in Costa Rica, like the parks can be pretty expensive, so you have to be kind of careful. Uh, I would, by accident, go around the the, the gator. Sure, whatever. Yeah, do what you can, <laughs> especially where you're like, I don't care if I'm not supporting your. I'm not one of those. I'm a backpacker. We don't have, you know. It's like that's well, I, am, I am supporting the economy by being there, and true, you know. true. Um, yeah, I was in. Cabo once for a festival and there's a poker player there that we're going to do a, a podcast and he was like come meet me where I'm staying and it was like it was like a 15 minute cab ride he might have driven me I forget and Cabo is just this tourist it's Cabo Wabo you know mm. it's gr- gr- I mean you may as well be in America or Toronto or whatever it's just like and then you go 20 minutes south and you're like oh just gorgeous beaches where no one is yeah and it's like those don't make it onto websites yeah so like this like shrinking of the world because of the internet where like you can just ma- everything's mapped out they can tell you where to go and what to do mm-hmm. it's like that doesn't apply to places who don't have the power to make an internet site for their for their inn or for their restaurant mm-hmm. and then you find those you're like this could be amazing yeah or awful mm-hmm. and just and when you do discover something you feel like you discovered it the, the feeling is so much better than a planned uh, trip somewhere it really is why how come how come I don't know it just I think it's maybe something in our our genes or something of just discovery and you know we used to have to like 
go look for food or find something to survive. And when we find something, we're excited. You know, yeah. we did it. We're success- Even though it wasn't food, it's this kind of modern, kind of mangled version of it for this situation. But we discovered, we su- succeeded in finding something amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but even like that temple you found, it was like, there's that feeling you get where like, what is this? Yeah. I mean, imagine the first person to find... And there was no information there. Like, there was no, like, signs you can read. There's wow. just nothing. You're just-, just exploring. You're actually <laughs> being an explorer. Yeah. Wow. How big was it compared to his roof? Uh, um... Uh, I mean, it was it was bigger than this roof. It was oh, a big what? site, wow. yeah, and it was big, big like pyramids that you could climb. And I didn't see any signs that said no climbing. So I'm like, I'm climbing. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> of course, do, of course, do. <laughs> Damn. In Bagan, they were like those, and then sometimes they're like, hey, earthquakes have fucked these up. You can't climb these. You can climb the ones without signs, but then sometimes you'd be climbing, and a bunch of like stones would fall. And you're like, I'm these were solid this though. Up. Really? They were pretty intact. Somebody told me that I met somewhere said. There's some Mexican temples, Quint, 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 some with a Q-U. I forget. But he goes, like, there's equal ones an hour the other direction. And no one's there just because it's not the yeah. name one. Yeah. Yeah, but when you do find stuff yourself, there's this uh, late night sandwich place here, Sunny and Annie's. And I didn't know. I just moved into the neighborhood. And I'm walking around and fucking 3 a.m. And sandwiches. And they have these weird sandwiches like kimchi roast beef with jalapenos and melon. Mm. And it's like, what are they? Just make these weird inventions. Plus regular, like, you know, just a regular salami sandwich if you want. Um, that's what Big J kind of gets. because He's a garbage person. But, like, but like um, I found it. I was like, Jay, you got to find out. This. You gotta, and he lives in the neighborhood, too. He's like, you got to go to Sunny Annie's. It's this fucking rad restaurant. It's open late. Um, or, I mean, deli. And, uh... And then he's like, yeah, I looked it up. There's like 1,800 Yelp reviews. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, I guess it's been found out. But like just the fact that I found it yeah, myself, yeah. instead of having Yelp tell me yeah. you go there, I feel more ownership over it. Yeah. Still had that moment. Yeah. Yeah, Costa Rica's nice too, huh? Oh, yeah. They really care about the environment there. Yeah, I think the vegetation there, like I didn't go into the Amazon mm-hmm. um, just because I didn't have the time. I wanted to be in Patagonia in the summer, but... Out of oh. out of everywhere that I went, Costa Rica, just the vegetation was just on another level. Uh, just the the flora and the fauna too. Just all kinds of weird monkeys and anteaters and uh, just weird animals I had never seen before. And it's pretty awesome. Damn. Oh yeah, anteaters, sloths. No, these were just like they were kind of quick, but they just had like a, a tail that was like up in the back. Yeah. And they were just kind of like almost like half rowan, half monkey kind of thing. And there's just a family of them just, like, there, and they were all just kind of rummaging. I, I think they were ant- anteaters because it looked like they were doing. Like, they uh-huh. were using their nose to, like, break the ground, and, like, they were eating something in the ground. I, I think it must have been ants. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, new animals are always weird, too. You go to Australia, you see these birds. That, and it's normal for all those people who live there. These yeah, birds yeah. These long tusks that wrap around like gonzo. And you're like, what the fuck? And everyone's just walking by like, why are you fucking stopping? <laughs> and we had a tour guide in Costa Rica, and we were like, we want to see some monkeys. He was like, I guess. Like he goes, he's like I've always wanted to see a deer. I've never seen a deer. <laughs> All these tourists come want to see monkeys. I see monkeys way too much. They're everywhere. It's annoying. But deer would be fucking cool. And my parents are like, yeah, we got them in the backyard. We actually yeah. put up poison to try to get, yeah. get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you learn anything about yourself? We gotta go. So, but you learn anything about yourself on this trip? Learn anything about myself? Huh? It might be too early for you to know this. Yeah. I mean, I probably haven't reflected reflected on it enough but uh, i mean i I i've realized that i really like a challenge i noticed that like every day i would always like pick like the maximum i could do 
uh, distance wise because or else I just didn't feel satisfied like I always felt I kind of realized that I always kind of like push things to like the most I can do which I guess the good thing but sometimes it was a bad thing there was kind of some pros and cons to it yeah. like sometimes you, you you would overextend yourself and sometimes I would even get sick by just like doing too much bicycling and then uh, every day and stuff like that but yeah. Uh, but yeah no it made me kind of aware of that I guess not really exciting <laughs> answer but <laughs> yeah I sort of realized I can I can accomplish more than I thought I could. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. I mean, like things aren't like deal breakers as much as you thought. Yeah, they would no. Be. Now that you bring it up, I realize that any like challenge that that comes, I can find a solution. Like if I just like calm down for a second, there's always a solution. I can I can do it. Stay calm. You ever read this book? Uh, I've not read it. No. First rule of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is don't panic. Yeah, well, that's a good <laughs> you know? that's a good rule. And there's all these moments you come across. I'm sure you did too. Where like something went horribly awry. Not even, I won't even say wrong, but awry from your plan. And there's that moment you're like, let me, let me take it in for a second. Let me take yeah, the, yeah. the loss. And yeah, like, yeah. okay, what do I do now? This flight's not going till next week. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going every day. They, they won once a week, and I just missed the last flight two days ago. So, I mean, uh, two hours ago. So, yeah. all right, that sucks. Hey, do you have buses? And like, yep. Like, cool. Can I get yeah. a bus ticket? Like, no, it's sold out. I'm like, okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, is there anyone else? Like, I'm I'm going. You can hitchhike. Like, sure, great. Okay, yeah. you just solve it. And almost like when you're when my day didn't have that, it almost didn't feel complete. Oh, really? Because it, it's like I, I kind of like those moments. You know, that first Overcoming. 15, that first fifteen seconds is stressful, but then after that, when you're like, okay, no, I'm gonna do this, and like you know, the adrenaline of it and everything, uh, it just feels great when you, you you do overcome it, like you said. And then after that, you're just like, man, I'm a badass. Yeah, you made it. <laughs> Instead of buying a shelf, you make shelves. You like, you just feel better about those shelves. Yeah. Even if they're shittier, probably than you know than store bought ones. Your first set will be yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, it'll be all off. And you're like, oh, don't put anything round on this. It'll roll <laughs> off. But, but, but flat-based yeah. things will stay. As long as I'm not too tall. Um, do you have a Twitter or anything? People can like contact you if they want to like say kudos or ask questions? Um, no, I, I, I don't really do a Twitter or Instagram. Um, I'm really kind of only doing the YouTube uh, thing. Um, so I, I guess you could leave a comment on one of my videos. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, just again, in case you forgot it, it's uh, Hum of the Earth, H-U-M of the Earth uh, on YouTube. So I have videos kind of documenting uh, the, the whole trip. And you uh, start them with, with this trip? Uh, yeah, pretty yeah. much. I did a few before the trip, but uh, it's basically just kind of covers this trip uh, in, in kind of a lot of detail. I, I did a lot of videos. I put one out every other day pretty much. Uh, so there's there's a lot of, of stuff you on there. and stuff and like... Yeah. Oh, I got to yeah. check some of these out. Do you do any of those fast motion ones where you like zip, like, no, a um, kilometer a second or something? I don't like videos that have like quick edits and a lot of like techno music. I find that's not immersive. Mm. Me, it's more like uh, to give you the feeling of really be, being there. I've kind of, I guess if I had to, like two categories, one is like the adventure of getting from one place to another and all the kind of mishaps and things that happen along the way. And another would be of like a specific topic, like maybe a city or maybe a mountain and, and hiking that mountain or uh, or something like that. Yeah. What does your name mean? Where does that come from? Xavier? Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's like Savior. <laughs> Save, oh, really? I, I think so. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even sure. Before. I know there's a lot of saints with that name or... Yeah. yeah. And obviously... X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I was like, I've never met an Xavier. I wonder what that means. Savior, that makes sense. But I, I went by Javier in Latin America because they cannot say Xavier. Really? So. <laughs> it's probably the same word. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, you could pronounce it uh, Chevier, which I don't like. But usually, that if your name is fuck, fucking Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> but if your name is written like mine, it's usually Javier in uh, Latin America. Wow, dude, that's so fucking cool. What's your next trip? What are you planning? What's uh, like? What's going around your head? I know it's not like a definite. Uh, it's not definite, but I am pretty sure that my next move is um, flying into South Africa and going up Africa uh, through the kind of eastern part of it and pretty excited for it biking yeah bicycling yeah. okay so i guess that wasn't the last question there's when i go skiing there's there's a there's a thing that you get where you have to concentrate on what's in front of you mm-hmm. when you're walking around you can like look around you know your steps are gonna be pretty flat especially city walking but skiing like you're focused so it's almost meditative where you're like you have to shove everything else out of your brain because you have to be concentrating on the contours of whatever what does biking give you um, well, I mean, when you do it like a lot and you're, and you're not like in a city or something, um, it's pretty automatic. You're kind of on autopilot, um, a lot, um, and you can just kind of enjoy, enjoy the environment or kind of listen to your podcast or whatever and enjoy the, the environment as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty meditative actually. It's, it's kind of why I like it. It's just kind of, it's, it's really easy and doing the exercise makes you feel good as well. Um, so yeah, man, I'm 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 in love with it. That's why I'm I'm going back for more. Yeah, you're an introvert. Um, loner. I am a bit of a loner. I mean, I can be social. Uh, it's just that I, I I like in kind of short doses usually. Um, so for me, like most people are like, how could you do this on your own? But I mean, that's just kind of the person yeah, I, I like am. being alone too. But did you find that it made you being alone for let's say eight nine hours straight for a few days in a row made you more social in those moments? Yeah. When you did come across people. Yeah. And, and, and it was kind of that rhythm because when you're bicycling, you're not going from like one city to another. Right. So in between, there might be a lot of uh, maybe ta- having a brief interaction with one person a day, maybe not even. Uh, and then then when you get to the city and you go in a hostel, then you're like you want to interact and, and that works out. And then after like a few days, you're like, OK, I'm I'm ready to go back on the road. Just me and myself. Yeah. 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 Do you get lonely at all? Um, I do. Uh, it's typically when I'm tired at the end of the day, but then I just, I just realize it's because I'm tired. I go to bed in the morning. I'm ready to go again. That's good. All right, Xavier. Thanks, yeah. man. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sporty palm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool, man. What a fucking cool trip that was. Yeah. It what was a cool trip. Africa would be rad too. Yeah. 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 Good luck. the episode god damn I, I mean I can't believe it fucking nuts through Mexico I was just watching some of his videos hum of the earth I was watching some of his videos going to fucking Monterey Mexico is that what it was um, 
forget where it was. And just going, oh, it's supposed to be lawless. He's just biking through it with all his shit. The guy's a fucking, yeah, balls out, man. Uh, I'm going to be in Atlantic City, September 7th, followed by Madison, Wisconsin, the 19th through the 21st. Bray, the, nope, and then I just added Winnipeg, the 22nd, Manitoba. Brea, the 26th through 28th. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Dallas, October 3rd. Houston, the 4th and the 5th. Does anyone have an in for Cowboys tickets? Me and Reggie Conquest are going to go to Dallas and Houston. He's a Cowboy fan. I'm a Cowboy fan. Um, I like the Cowboys. I'm not going to say it's our year. I am saying it's the Yankees' year. I've been saying that all year. I don't normally say that about the Yankees. This is our year. It's like, all oh, these injuries, are you worried? No, I'm not, because this is our year. Um, yeah, if anyone has an in, I went to the website. You get standing room only deep, deep, deep in the end zone for fucking $80, or any sort of normal seat is $350, $400 plus. You cannot find even a $150 ticket between the end zones. Even between the back of the end zone. Oh, so if anybody's got a couple tickets, let me know. Especially if there's extra ones. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, make sure to check out Xavier Hum of the Earth on YouTube. Um, my Patreon is Patreon.com/skeptictank. September thirteenth, one billion acts of civil disobedience. That's what you should remember. And those Shroomfest shirts are available um, now until I'll put I'll put, tell you what I'll put a link up on the website too. If you don't go to Twitter anymore, that's what I'll do. I'll put it on fucking my website on this. They're available September twenty third. Then they'll be gone forever. I'm taking them off, and just like no one else can ever buy one. I I don't care if they sell. That's by the way, yeah, I told you I'm not making any money out, so of course I don't care. They were for people who participated in Shroomfest. If you participated late, I will allow it. Buy yourself a shirt. Um, they're at merchpump.com anyway. Uh, all right, you guys, that's the episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, send me some questions for stuff to talk about on contact.rishapir.com if you want. Um, that Milo podcast will go up on the Patreon Assuming they don't delete my account. Hopefully this week. Um, but that'll be the offering that's up there until it really gets going uh, in September. In September. But I'm telling you, what I'm going to really do is anytime I don't have a, of a real episode here on iTunes, I'm going to have a Patreon episode. Seem fair? Seem fair. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, everybody. Until next week. Is there anything else? For Xavier Hema, an episode 363 on a steel horse I ride, I'm Ari Shafir saying so long.
Girls love cars, cars cause harm to the planet. Don't you wanna take a joyride on my tandem? Huffy on a huffy, don't I look so handsome? Bikes of ice, they so nice, like priceless. Working on my calves, the triceps, the bites. If I pass the gas, stop the traffic lights. I get around, round without a driver's license. Hello, you walking? Farewell, I'm off in. And I'm ripping through the city with the 40 and a 50 party popping on my Willie. My mama tells me I should stop. Going. 